This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boy came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Board, and here with me I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Chilling, man. Just uh, hanging out, ready, ready to get it started. We got a big show here. We got the AEW Revolution pay per view preview. Uh, these AEW pay per view weeks tend to be pretty newsworthy, like in social media, and uh, it'll be good to have a preview out Monday and just see, you know, what else is added throughout uh, the rest of the week and the news that pops up and. Tony Khan's a big announcement Wednesday, so uh, eager to see what that is. What's up with you, man? Not too much. Um, just want to give a quick shout-out to Sam. Uh, earlier today, I ended up doing his um, AW match guide. We ended up doing the uh, ladder match, um, AAA ladder match, uh, between Young Bucks and Lucha Bros from 2019 All Out. That was a, that was fun to cover. Like I, I rewatched it today, and man, I, that, that, that match is great. That match is yeah. still great. That you know, we made those jokes like that shit don't hold up. That shit does. <laughs> <laughs> it do. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of uh, features, uh, I actually did one as well. Um, I did a show with Joey O'Doherty. Uh, he's hosted John Moxley Career Retrospective podcast, and I asked to talk about his last like six months in WWE. So. Um, because I felt like I could talk about that from memory, and oh, okay. I, had a, I had a blast going down like, memory lane and talking about the creative collapse of uh of WWE and looking like and figuring out exactly when Moxley was like, "I'm out of here," and he started mailing it in and pulling that that full James Harden, quite frankly. And much like James Harden, when he ends up in a different situation, he balls out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um. You know, I'm glad I don't know when that'll be out, but you know that'll be out soon, I guess. Okay, I'm glad you answered because I was like, I'm about to ask you like, why the fuck would you want to talk about Dean Ambrose's last year in WWE? That shit stunk. Uh, but you know, I, I get it now. I get it. Yeah, man. So I guess we should uh, we should probably start with AW. Yeah. Um, with the with the preview for Revolution. Revolution kind of. Um, you know, has the history of that explosive barbed wire death match, has the tag match from two years ago. Uh, this is the show where MJF beat Cody 
what else? Moxley won the AEW title for the first time at this event. Uh, Hangman Page worked, you know, magic with Matt Hardy. You know, damn near broke his back, you know, to 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 keep that, you know, at a respectable level there. Um, yeah, so I, I'm very excited about this show. Um, coming up, I think some of these matches have like just tons of like build and you know lots of lots of good stories coming into this thing, and I think we should get a few killer matches and actually get to be there in person. This would be my first AW pay per view since Double or Nothing 2021, which I had a great time at. Um, I can only hope that this pay per view crowd you know brings the energy like that one did. You know, it'll be hard because that was like the first one everyone was allowed back at. All right. So um, where do you want to start? So I got Wikipedia pulled up, so I'm just going to go um, one through nine. So we got Jay Cargill against Ty Conti for the TBS championship. Uh, not really much build on this one. This one's like a uh, New Japan challenge. Uh, Ty Conti just walked out after uh, Jade's match with the bunny. That match was a struggle, I would say. Um, but it was funny. They did have like two heels trying to uh, cheat to win. So it was it was funny seeing them both uh, try to try to do that. But uh, we got Jade versus Ty Conti. Uh, I'm not predicting any title change here. I think actually it would be lunacy if they switched the title here. Yeah, same here. Uh, this is a match that like I can quite frankly see like being on the pre-show. Like because if not, like it's going to be the the uh intermission intermission match if you will so um depending on how they want to treat this um if they want to kind of get rid of that like and say forget the forget like how they do it over there or do it over on that side we how we do it here is like we have matches that people care about all through up and down throughout the card um then um they might be best service to put this on the pre-show yeah, they they could easily swap this out. Usually they announce that stuff ahead of time, so I don't know if it's a case of if it's going to make the show or not, but if it does, you know, that'll be uh, one of two women's championship matches on the show. So uh, the next match that we have, uh, I'm going with Jade for the record. So, Oh, yeah, same here. <clears throat> um, we've we've got the AHFO, so Andrade, El Idolo, Matt Hardy, and, Matt, and Isaiah Cassidy will be taking on Darby Allen, Sting, and Sammy Guevara in a six-man Tornado tag team match. So um, this kind of came unexpectedly, I would say. Yeah, um, I got to say, like, there's no way around it. I'm disappointed this is the match. I thought we were going I thought we were gonna get a triple threat match for the TNT title between um, uh, Sammy Guevara and Andrade, El Idolo, and uh, Darby Allen. Um, I understand that. Um, Sting don't miss, but I really want that match. Like, if they don't give, like, if they're going to do this, okay, but I hope I get that match eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I looked at it and I was like, well, Sting doesn't ever miss. So I'm sure this will be a fun car crash. This could be pretty much anywhere on the card. It could be a match before the main event. It could be, uh, you know, it could go on second third anything like that so um not sure how it's all going to play out here but i'm going to take uh well sting doesn't lose um so (laughs) i'm going to take sting darby and sammy um this one hopefully they do some crazy shit because you got sting in there or excuse me not sting you have darby in there you have sammy 
you have Andrade, who is, you know, kind of bothered him. I think Isaiah is going to have a point to prove. This might be, I, I don't know how long it's been since he's been in the pay-per-view match. So um, I, I think they're going to come ready. And then, you know, if Matt Hardy knows how to do anything, is being a multi-man match full of, like, weapons and stuff like that. So um, that's, that's kind of like, you know, how, how his career, you know, kind of progressed out that he specialized in those. So, um, do we need to like do the math or do the counting and figure out like when uh, Jeff Hardy's uh, ninety days are up? Uh, I'm sure because, someone can do it, but I mean, spot he, he like this, said he's on the way in. Okay, was okay. Did he get released before or after Tony Storm? Um, Tony Storm was after him because Tony Storm was like the last day of the year, damn near. Like the 29th or something like that. Yeah. I ended up uh, doing a math on that, and like she, uh, whether or not she could show up at Sumo Hall, she can't. She'll be out like her, she'll get out like two to two or three days after that. But, um, okay. So I was thinking like maybe, you know, they end up screwing Sting. They have Jeff Hardy do it, you know, play on, play on a little bit of history. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, so uh, try and get I, a rematch. I don't want to see that. I don't. I don't want to see that. So Bruce says, "Does this mean the TNT belt is officially the TV title, and the heavyweight belt is the one defended on pay per view?" I mean, and it's if, always I, been the case. I was going to say, if if that was the case, that would have like been already established because it's always been a kept. TV title. It's always been unofficially a TV title. Yeah, quiet is kept. They don't defend it like they only defended it twice on pay per view last year. So, um, and even the year before that, they didn't rack the defenses up on pay-per-view. So it's kind of, you know, I don't call it a T T or excuse me, a TV title because I mean, that's not what they call it. They call it the TNT title. So that's what I call it. So like for, okay. For its purposes, it effectively works like a TV title without them having to commit to having to do it every single week, but like every other week, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I mean that's the same case with the TV. Actually, no, it's the ace belt. You know, let me, you know, let me. Um, and and also like, that. yeah, and also like, if you notice, like that's also the case for the uh, for the TBS title. And if you also notice, like the TBS title gets gets uh, defended a lot more on TNT, or at the time was again defended a lot more on um, TNT than it was on TBS. Um, but yeah, so well, yeah, I, I, the Bayface have to win. If Jeff Hardy's not going to come out here and you know and, and give them the the advantage with a big surprise, then it's going to have to be um, it's going to have to be baby faces, and I have no problem with it. But you know, um, I don't think Andrade's had a except for the uh, Matt Sidell match. I was well, I forgot about the Matt Sidell match. But I was going to say except for the Pac match. Like, and quite honestly, like the Pac match is the actual big match. He hasn't had a big win. Um. Mm, okay. So, so I mean, like Matt, like being Matt Sidell's not not like that's that's something that someone that I'm um, going to be on pay per view like every single time and to make a spot for or should do. Um, but you know, we'll see how that we'll see how that goes in the future. Like I think that he can be a TNT champion. Um, eventually, like he should be in that run or in that mix. Uh, but we'll see. So speaking of TNT title, uh, Sammy defended it against Andrade this week. So uh, I felt like Sammy was wrestling with like this point of like y'all got to stop trying to give away my TNT title. 
to every, like everyone that's linked to coming to AEW and everything is like the constant Twitter conversation. It's just switch the belt for, for the sake of switching the belt. I'm like, you don't put that much into Sammy, what they've done for him to just like hand that shit off to like whoever, uh, you know, walks through, through the door. I mean, it's not like he's Darby. Like, uh, like obviously they're invested in him, but like, it, it, it the the level of um i think the level of commitment to like darby and mjf are totally different or a totally different level than say jungle boy and, and sammy and that's not say like that's something wrong with either one of them it's just like they're just not as over as those two guys are um and there's still time to get there but like the way they go about program building with him does not make does not lead me to believe that like they see it in the same way they see it with darby at least not yet um so, you know, I obviously I think this run will be longer than the first one. It, it, shit, it might already be. Am I wrong? I'm sticking on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, like, I feel like, you know, I, if he were to lose a belt before um, double or nothing, I wouldn't be surprised. I, yeah, I, think, I, I, I would think feel around, like that's appropriate. Yeah, I, I would think maybe, like, around double or nothing time or going into that, he could lose it. Like, like I think that's perfectly fine but like these people are like just ready to hand the belt off tomorrow like i'm like look man like <laughs> like calm down pump pump your brakes yeah i'm, I'm kind of with you i'm with you on that one like i i it was right shit i i, re- I feel like they never even did the the switch yeah the switch I, I, was, like they did the switch just so they can do the match it was like just do the fucking match right um so we've got a three-way tag match for the AW World Tag Team Championships. Going to be Jurassic Express, Red Dragon, and To Be Determined. There's going to be a battle royal this coming week. Another, uh, yeah, for for the tag teams. Um, but it's going to be a casino battle royal this time. So it's going to be one of those group ones. Not everyone started at the same time. So they could bring someone back. You know. I think there's a lot of rumors that maybe uh, Dante or Darius Martin is cleared up. So a lot of people think Top Flight may be in the mix. Uh, of course, the Bucks are out there. Uh, and, you know, I would think the Bucks would obviously be the shoe in here, but I think they could always like pull some, like pull something and be like, yo, what if we just pull the Bucks off this pay per view? And then it's like, no, obviously, there's no Kenny on this no pay per for the first time, right? No, and no then, Cody, no Kenny. No Cody, no Kenny. No Jericho. Oh, Jericho's on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that with Kingston. Sorry. So, like, and then, like, you know, I have the Bucks, like, kind of, you know, it kind of gives them something to be pissed about that they, like, got, you know, uh, they didn't make the pay-per-view or something. So, I wouldn't put it, put that out. I wouldn't put that out of the realm of possibility of happening. I don't think that's necessarily crazy considering, like, they may have wrestled, like, twice this year. Right. Like, you (laughs) could easily. How many times have they wrestled this year? Like, and if you're gonna put Bucks and Red Dragon there, like I, you know, save the match for real. In my opinion, I would think like maybe Proud and Powerful can get into this. People like them. People want them to get you know some type of shot somewhere, or like you know, uh, returning like Top Flight or something. Like I don't know. And then like I think these belts are going to Red Dragon anyway. Um, this soon? Yep. Ain't got to play around with it. I feel like they're ice cold. Well, they'll have look. They'll have matches on the other side, rather than beating everybody on the way to the belts. Beat them after they get the belts. But do you think they'll have a long reign? 
who knows? I don't <laughs> like. I, I I just feel like I mean they're ice cold because of the them being or O'Reilly, um, you know, on mater on, on paternity leave or whatever else. But or but I mean he showed up and they were, he was going for like shit. I don't even know. Felt like four four five weeks. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I like Jungle. I like the Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus tag team. I, I don't. I, I feel like they just won the belts. What in the last like they won them this year? They won them like less than six weeks ago. Yeah, they won them the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, I mean, they was, that, was that on the first? Was that on Jan, on the January fifth show? The same show, the first show of the year with uh the Hangman yes. Dance rematch. Yes. Yeah, 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 man. Like I don't. I don't know, man. Like, are we, are we just going to get into the habit of, like, having these short t- tag title reigns? You know, that's kind of like their, their number two belt in the company. Sorry, Cody. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I could see Red Dragon getting it. Like, they did get feed them. You know, this is actually a real challenger for them. Mm-hmm. Um, with the, like, I think the, belt, the tag belts are out of that, you know, range where you can predict where the belt's going to go. So I think okay. that's kind of actually good because like, I think the, uh, like the women's belt is kind of still in that mire net kind of like what we were talking about, like off air, but, um, the second that someone wins, you already know who is going to after. Right. Because of the lack of, yeah, yeah. I, um, I don't, I, yeah, you're right. I, I think that if the young bugs aren't in it, then I think like, that that gives I like, um, Jungle Express like a great way to like win the match without beating Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, like if it's top flight, they'll they'll pin one of the one of the Martins. Um, but if it is Young Bucks and if it is Young Bucks and Red Dragon, probably is winning. Yeah, I could, I feel like the the belt is going to to that feud at some point. Mm-hmm this year so what whether it happens like whether gray dragon needs to win it and you know keep going like that but look out for something there so um next match is one i'm very excited about probably be pretty violent sound like they're gonna bleed a little bit brian danielson versus john moxley this is not daniel bryan versus dean ambrose this is not (laughs) this is not a rodeo clown against a flying goat um these these guys have put together like a nice like little nifty one month story where it's like huh we're still gonna get the match hell and we could still get the team which you know a lot of people still seem to be excited about so we're kind of like we win either way so i'm i'm kind of about that yeah yeah um this is my most anticipated match of the pay-per-view um no knock against Adam Cole versus Adam Page, but like I don't Adam Cole's not a threat. They just beat him with Orange Cassidy <laughs> like three weeks ago. <laughs> so um yeah, I uh this is the match I'm looking forward to the most. Um this is a chance for like Moxie to kind of get into a big match program that doesn't involve like, you know, duds, dud explosions and shit. Uh since, you know, um you know, or, you know, since come back for rehab, whatever else has been a minute. Like his his matches have kind of been like that mid car stuff with the New Japan dads. And while it's fun, um, it's a little different when it's him in a big match and it's like he has to he has to go for it. So um, we really go. Was for that it. the was that the Moxley verse? 
Do, do I have to if, start putting together like some type of conspiracy you, that was going on here? If, if you want to call anybody any side quest from a top star water away from the belt, like the X, the fill in the blank verse, and sure, like, but it did fit in with what the couple was going on with the company. Like they were having competitive fun matches over and over and over. I don't know what that shit Cody was doing. <laughs> Cody was like, <laughs> Cody was like standing on top of a ladder about to talk about his ladder match, and did pretty much. 95% talking about everything else in the world except for Sammy Guevara. So, like, if you want to say that's, if you want to say those are the same things, go go for it. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait for this match. Um, this, this, this will be one of the best matches in AEW this year, I, I imagine. Uh, I, I don't have that kind of ceiling for it. As I, you know, I know I don't see Mox as that caliber worker, but um, I see Danielson as that kind of worker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this would be really interesting. I'm really interested in the finish here. Like, is Danielson gonna lean into cheating at all? Is he, you know, is this gonna be a straight pure match? Like, what's the what's the end game on this one? And more importantly, who wins on this one? Um, because I'm thinking like I I feel like Mox is gonna win. Same, same. Um, you know, that, you know, if, if they have their match that, that was, that was planned originally for pay-per-view, Mox is probably going to win. Obviously this, people thought it was going to lead to a hill turn, but thanks is the one to turn hill. Um, but like, depending on, uh, the outcome of this match, if they end up being in a group together, like that's a slow burn towards him turning hill eventually. Like, right. So. And, and, and if, Tony is the kind of booker where he's going to get back to something. You probably would think Moxley's going to win to do the program with Hangman that they wanted to do. Right. And that could easily be your double or nothing main event. Easily. Uh, so, um, and that would be, you know, that would be something like even if it was a case where uh, Moxley lost a Hangman down the road, right? That's using the value of being the former champion and then being able to help the next person, which is something I know he's not in the company anymore. This is something that Cody could not do. Like, so that's like, it's a, a uh, big match. That's it on wasn't the that he couldn't do it is that he didn't do it. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we went over it last week. So like, you know, how I feel about it. It's like, Hey, yeah. someone, Deci- someone decided this and it sounds like it was him that you know he wanted to put a stipulation on himself so um yeah yeah but yeah moxley and Dan you, want, you want to talk about other promotions have a stipulation with other guys where they don't want to do jobs and look weak oh my god uh yeah you know uh keiji muto apparently uh Cass Fujita Cass, as well Cass Fujita, and yep. funaki yeah, all these all these old guys, these these geezers, um, to say the least, have decided that they ain't losing to none of these these young punks like Go shit like the the forty year old Go Shizaki. Yes, yes, the forty year old Go Shizaki. You know, uh, you know the superstar in his prime, Katsuhiko Nakajima, uh, the young punk. Uh, Kaito Kiyomiya. Uh, yes, Kaito Kiyomiya. Uh, Kino, who's like in his what? He's in his thirties. Like definitely thirty seven. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of into those guys or whatever, like the younger guys. And then like seeing how there was a report from voices wrestling, uh, 10, uh, page, Patreon page, five, $5 level. I, I would recommend you guys checking it out for the full detail of it. But it came down to like Keiji Muto's hip injury, just ruining a bunch of stuff. And apparently one of those things that was ruined was 
Keiji Muto was going to win the GAC championship, which is their number one title, and then the GAC national championship, which is their number two title, in a unification match. And he was going to beat 50-year-old Kaz Fujita for this belt. So uh, once the hip injury happened, obviously he can't do the match uh, because he has a broken hip. But Fujita uh, this was like, so what does that mean for me? Like, I'm not... I'm, I, I still want to win. I'm not, I'm not doing no job to uh, uh, Nakajima. And they. I didn't watch the match or anything uh, yet. I pr- probably don't plan to, but uh, I enjoy Nakajima a lot. And I saw him, this guy with this pot belly, and like he's an old school shooter, and he's pouring beer on himself after he's won the belt. And I'm like, who do these old timers think they are? Like, in... I don't know. I guess it's like, you know, they are powerful to an extent over there because like this company is tucking tail and and bowing down before them like the West Side Connection. And it's just like, why? Like, I don't like uh, and Zach says Nozawa is a mark. I, I Look, um, for Muto, sure, I guess, even though like he even him um, at this stage of the game, like hasn't done much for their numbers. Outside of uh, Budokan Hall, uh, the one from last year, right? I feel like Keiji Mudo is on the um, uh, that man's on the road to being drafted in the FOH for- this year. <laughs> Let this keep up. Let him come back and win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but when it's like Cas Fujita and his Funaki, and it's like Funaki beat Kino, and I, was, I remember looking that up uh, before last week, and I was like, wait, what? Why does he? How? Why did he beat Kino? And then. You know, because people have talked about the, the Mudo stuff or whatever else, but I didn't think and extend it to the other guys. And then you see Kaz Vegeta, like, the way he, the way that I saw him beat uh, Nakajima was like, okay, he power bombs him. He has him beat. He lifts him up before the three count. And then he kicks him in the fucking head. And then he power bombs him again. And it's like, yo, independence. I was like, yo, are you fucking kidding me? Like, like you might as well just shot the man with a with a uh, with he a gun to, in the ring. Fujita may as well have pulled down his pants in the middle of the ring, pulled his dick out, and pissed in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong? Yeah, r- ruptured uh, Nakajima's eardrum as well in the process. I believe so. it's from that kick. That specific kick. That specific kick is what what ruptured his eardrum. So it's like injury to insult. Um, yeah. and it's like. Look, man, like, I understand that um, Muto's a gigantic star or whatever else, but, like, Captain Vegeta was the fucking, like, IWGP champion, like, during the Enoki, Enokiism shitstorm that almost, like, lost from the company. That almost, fo- almost closed the door. So, like, what, who, the, why are we, what options does this dude have to say I'm not going to do no job for this, that, and the third or whatever else? Like, I'll only, I'll only put over, um, uh, uh, Marafuji, who will then transition the belt to the young guys, because I don't want to put over the young guys. Who the fuck are you? If they fired you and let you go, where could you go? Look what Noah, look what Noah is. Noah's running like Yokohama Radiant Hall. I don't know if you will know what that is, but like that is like the same building that Tokyo Joshi Pro runs in Yokohama. That's like fits like maybe three hundred people. Yeah, man. Not during I, no, 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 no. And when I say three people, I don't mean like during the pandemic. Only three people. I mean like no, three hundred p- people. Period. <laughs> period. So this this is where Noah is. You want to do job? Where can you go? And where, where else can you work? 
gonna do this in New Japan. I was gonna say it ain't like New Japan's just gonna be uh, opening the doors wide open for him. Like, hey, come come on in, come back. No, go away. Never come back. Yeah, man, it, it's it's like you know, it's really unfortunate looking at it because like you know, I was just you know trying to get into Noah this year just to have something else to kind of follow and that was fresh and kind of the unknown, I would say, and um, it's the same wrestling as like you know as as any other wrestling almost like old old dudes WWE yeah WWE yeah is the main is the main event mafia more or less yep yeah Zach said there's always Dragon Gate I might have to go ahead and uh and change allegiances because they are actually going with young guys Dragon Gate is really hard to get into I heard because of like their website is has like issues as far as trying to follow it uh but whatever I mean look I. Go ahead, this great comeback after you know because it is a lot like um, Japanese booking where someone's injured, they come back during the big match, they lose because they're injured and have the build back. He had all these matches like in the last month or so, basically Korokin after Korokin after Korokin having bangers, and it's like, all right, so now what? Probably lose Fanaki after he already had that fucking match from two years ago. That was you know that that. 57 minute bullshit that went like 30 minutes they staring at each other like great great can't wait to run that back oh man well one match i am very excited to see chris jericho versus eddie kingston uh speaking of 50 year olds uh, but chris jericho of course you know i've been kind of on a, you know a little kick of late you know being a long time jericho fan i've uh you know been sitting back watching you know uh jericho get get the blues you know put to him rightfully so a little bit and he, he's come back you know very strong with uh he did a strong promo segment with eddie kingston this week and kingston was great he was great and it was just like damn i feel like they're setting up eddie to like get some momentum here and i i feel like the people want it like they want the, the big win for him and they, they want this man to, to keep going up the mountain like 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 it's a Mortal Kombat thing. Like they want him to keep, you know, just going up one more step up the mountain each time. So uh, I don't know if he's going to get the win, but uh, I think a lot of people are rooting for him. I'm going to predict he gets the win uh, this time. It's it's crazy. He's been doing these, these feuds kind of like, you know, like where, where CM Punk is insulting him big time. Now Jericho's insulting him big time. Uh, when I first saw and, you, I thought you looked like a jobber. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, but through it all, like Kingston was like, "Yo, I don't want you know, I, I don't want the bullshit Jericho. I want you know the dude that my my mentor Tenryu gave respect to in war. Like, bro, I love that shit they were bringing up. Like, uh, I, I'm extremely excited for this match." Yeah, um, I really enjoyed uh, their promo a lot more than or more than any other promo on the show from last week. But uh, I, um, I think Kingston. I think I'm with you. Like I'm predicting Kingston to win. Like Jericho did his one of his like classic go tos where it's like, or in a in AEW at least where he's like, you know what? Like when they signed you, are we when you first got here? I didn't believe it. That was bullshit. You know, like, same thing he did with Orange Cash where he eventually put him over. So, it's like, I think that's kind of his tale um, when it's time for him to put somebody over. That's not, like, wasn't a, you know, an instant main event type star in AEW. 
So yeah, I, I think um, that's what they're going to end up doing. I'm I'm wondering how this match is going to go because like if Paymaker come, comes out and he just brawls and is you know gets by on charisma, this match could be great. If he wants to try to have like a scientific wrestling match with Eddie Kingston, that's not that's gonna be the sh- uh, it won't be the shits, but like it won't be really good. That's for sure. James, um, are you betting against Chris Jericho? I'm saying if he brawls, it will be great. If he doesn't, it probably won't. That's all I'm saying. Oh, play to his, he should play to his strengths, especially gotta, with his opponent. I got got to check, man, because you know I gotta, you know, I, I'm on edge about Jericho right now. So, um, <laughs> he's been zooming on me. He's been zooming on me. He's been zooming on me with like there's a fifty percent chance he's gonna be wrong as hell too. <laughs> You know, you do the zoom when you're right. You know, that's 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 when you do. That's the dirty secret of the zoom. So, um, the man you know, playing we'll, the result. Got to, got to, got to make sure the gimmick stays strong, brother. You know, like like uh, Fujita, like like Keiji Muto. You know, can't show no weakness. God. You know, uh, but yeah, uh, I'm gonna. How go come Saka Robin don't get this kind of treatment? Is it because he, he is because he's care. out here doing holes in the rash guard? That man probably don't care. He like, I'll fuck all y'all up. Like you know, this is work, Bruh. Y'all, y'all think it's a shoot. You watch his uh his match in um at Budokan Hall for one one, right? No. Oh, actually, yeah, I watched the whole show. Yeah. Oh my god, he's fucking hilarious. Like <laughs> he's fuck. Like he's um he's like the drunken submission master. Like he comes out there and does all these goofy submission. Like he don't take no bumps, no hard bumps. He is out there just doing holes. Like he worked like. It's gonna be funny, like when it's uh like twenty years from now, and Zach Sabres Jr. is still wrestling at the same level he's wrestling oh at now. God. He's like, I don't, I don't. It, it, this, this is a blueprint right there. Like he'll just move on to doing like comedy, as supposed to being like a real guy. That's exactly what's gonna happen. Watch. Um. So up next, we've got the face of the revolution ladder match for a future TNT championship match. We have Keith Lee. Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, Absolute Ricky Starks, Orange Cassidy, and a to be determined. So, um, yeah, man, this is going to be interesting. I don't think there's an obvious flyer in this match at the moment, but there are a lot of big guys. There's Starks, who's crafty, and then Orange Cassidy, who's a meme. And, you know, the TBD, I don't know if they fill that in, you know, this coming week. I don't know if it's a surprise, but uh, if it's a surprise, I have some ideas based on, you know, some reporting and uh, different things. But uh, this I think this is going to be a uh, this is going to be a master watch because there's a lot of ways you can go. You, you got Wardlow there with the whole MJF thing. Um, you got Keith Lee, who you want to, you know, take care of, you know, his first like real pay-per-view appearance. Um Orange Cassidy is a big star, but I don't think he's gonna. He's set to, you know, go after the TNT belt or anything. Uh, this is Hobbs' first like real look uh, on pay per views. Him and Starks are there together, so like could some something be going on with those guys? And then you know, there's possibly a surprise person. So, man, hopefully this is good. Um, There could be some weird allegiance thing with Team Taz, but I think I'll end up going with um, with Wardlow to get the win. I think I think it's going to come down to Wardlow and like Hobbs, and he is a 
throwing Hobbs off and uh, ends up winning at the end of it. Um, and then you, you pull the trigger on the whatever is going on between or what we think is going to happen eventually between him and MJF because, you know, they, they did tell you, you like about a month ago, like if he wins a title, he has to hand that shit over to MJF and you already know how that's going to go when they get, when they, when the million dollar man tries to get the belt, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be allowed. It's going to be thrown out or no one's going to, or no one's going to just relinquish the belt like that. And then we're off to the races after that. So, um, I don't know how long they can, I don't know how much longer they can hold this off. It ha- it has to happen. It has to happen like soon. Yeah, I, I, like maybe I don't know. I I feel like you can't do it until MJF's the the world champion or something. Like I don't I don't know, but um, <clears throat> I, I'm gonna go with Keith Lee. So um, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Keith Lee. I, I won't okay. say anything else. Um. So we've got a singles match for the Women's World Championship. Dr. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. The rematch from the uh, unsanctioned match of last year had won a couple match of the year awards and some publications and had, you know, that great match pretty much like, you know, uh, your your best women's match in AEW history, I would say. And uh, this is a big rematch. And I would say the dynamics are actually like where you want them. I, I don't think Britt is nearly as overpowering to baby phases as she once was. I think the unit has kind of done its job um, as far as like making people want to see her lose because this was not always the case. Uh, I feel like it's, you know, like we've reached a point in uh, Britt's title reign where we have a real challenger now. And uh, I was talking with James earlier about it. And like I was saying on earlier on the show, like, the young history of some of the AEW championships have kind of like they, they've been obvious, obviously where the next like belt or where, where the, the title path is going. Right. And I think the women's title will move out of that. Once Thunder Rosa gets the championship, the, the tag team title is out of that. I would say maybe even the world title is still in it because obviously MJF still circling. But after MJF, I think that's when it clears up. Um, like as far as like, hey, anybody might be able to win this shit. So, um, or like you can't just predict, you know, like who are they keeping them away from for months and months and months? Like I felt like I knew this booking nine months ago. So this wasn't like this was always going to be the destination. Um, so if they, you know, didn't <laughs> have it, look if Brit won, then I would really be thrown off the set. I'd be like, all right, what's happening? But I don't anticipate that happening. Um, they have been developing this storyline pretty much since the TBS tournament. And it's all kind of played up into, um, you know, this past week, you know, she went through Mercedes Martinez as far as Thunder Rosa. Um, there may be some type of tag match, you know, that's happening. Um, but yeah, it's time. I, I think it's time. Thunder's time. I think it's time too, but at the same time, I'm not exactly sure if she wins or not. Um, Cause Britt's still the biggest star in that prom- or that division um, by a lot. So I mean, you you could still ride it further, but um, it just feels like narratively, like there's nothing left for her to do um, after this. Um, 
aside from, you know, figure something out away from the belt, but, um, yeah, uh, it could be time. It could be, it it could be, it, it probably should be, but we'll see. Cause you know, promoters like money. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I think this is gonna, they're gonna swap a belt here. I think they're gonna go with Thunder and then like, you know, they've been heating up like usually a tell, you know, how, how you can sell Serena. something. Bingo. Like Serena's been getting heated up. Like she's ready to step in immediately. Like after, uh, you know, Thunder wins the belt to be the first challenger. They can have Brit's group kind of explode and that'll give her something to do. Um, so that, I'm, I'm picking Thunder Rosa. I don't think they win a, a match of the year in PWI this time. Um, but who knows? I have nothing to add. I'm just laughing. So up next, <laughs> CM Punk versus MJF in a dog collar match. And my God, um, this feud has been great with, uh, you know, like Tony the Tiger. Um, so this was like my favorite promo from last week. What MJF did. I thought this was just all time work. This was MJF putting the level of depth behind, you know, the, the exterior of MJF that everyone saw. And I thought it was so effective uh, from the standpoint of like, he really like acted it out and it was, it felt old school in a way. Like it felt like it was, um, you know, Obviously, you know, you sympathize with the heel. Like, I think people are boiling that down. But it was like, you know, the, also the angle of like, yo, CM Punk, you're responsible for this shit, um, for this guy. And, and um, I, you know, I, I was gripped by the delivery, by the by the execution, by the, the realness of it. And it was like, it felt like this guy was like literally showing, um, like basically showing everyone why like, yo, this is not just a cute stick of me being quick, quick witted and, and fast and, you know, a cheap heat master. This was like, I'm going to be a huge baby face one day. And I'm like, you know, I was fascinated by this promo. Like it captured me on every level. I don't know if it's cause I'm just over this feud after the 40 minute match, or if it's because like, I don't trust like MJF to be a sincere, um, reliable um, narrator for the story, but it didn't work for me. Like I was just waiting for MJF or MJF to screw over or beat up uh, CM Punk the whole time during that promo uh, last week because it's like he's been a dick and insincere every every in every single moment and backstabbed every friend he's ever had uh, in the promotion. Now, like because he realized he's about to be chained to another person, now he wants to start crying about it. Like I don't care. Like it, it just didn't work for me. Uh, I, I I thought it was well done, but at the same time, I'm like, all right, get to the part where like you when like it dumbass CM Punk walks out and goes, "Is it real?" And then like he wants to hug him and he low blows him or some shit like that. And I thought that I thought the whole time he was going to be like, "You fucking dummy, CM Punk, you fell for this." And like, there's still time for this. Like, I just hope they don't go super melodramatic where like he has a match one and then like he like hesitates because he feels for for what he got laid what he got uh, was laid on him uh this week and then like he is low blow to whatever else and then he's losing this match because i'm gonna be i'm gonna be like you fucking idiot like <laughs> but um yeah like i i just like i i don't really have much for the depth of he of of evil people like i just don't like i don't care like great like 
something bad happened to you, you became a Nazi. Great. I'm not saying MJF is a Nazi, but you get my point. Like, you're evil. Quite the op- Look, quite the opposite, actually. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, in this case, yeah. Yeah, like, in this case, it's like, why did he turn to Magneto? Because the people were being, people were, like, being anti-Semitic? Oh, okay. I understand that. I've read that comic book. This man was getting a standing ovation. Like, I, I think the reason why it was so effective was because, like, he he obviously couldn't talk. He clearly last came up with something. This clearly was out of his, uh, or not out of his wheelhouse, but like this clearly was something that was like no, a lot of people were not expecting. Clearly, like when it, when Sam Pump pulled out that picture last week, and then he was like speechless. I think that set the tone for what this week was. Like this week was really he couldn't talk last week. He had to kind of marinate on that shit. Like and it really like you know people talk about uh, you know the the great promo guys in wrestling like. I think MJF like proved why he won the Observer Award um, last or last week with that promo, and it was just, uh, it, it, you know, like like you said, there's still um, time for it to, you know, w- one thing with CM Punk, he kind of recycles a lot of his best stuff, right? So like he had a thing where when he was in ROH, he was like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still a snake, and you know, MJF, you know, at the end of the day, he's he still will be a snake. Uh, I'm picking MJF to win um, again here, and um, I I feel like this one is going to get very violent and physical. And I don't think these two are necessarily the most violent wrestlers or anything, but they're going to be beating the shit out of each other with that chain. Well, regardless, among of other violent, things, will definitely be bleeding. So there's that. Um, yeah, I I'm just. I'm I'm just over it after the 40 minute match. I'm just I got nothing left for you. Like you, you had the match. It was it in my opinion it went too long. Um, the I feel like a lot of it was also um, I don't want to say confusion, but it, I felt like a lot of uh, the heat was taken off it with the MJ or the um, Wardlow thing. And like, are you ever gonna are you ever gonna pull the press the, press the button on making all that work out, or are you now still focusing on now your second more or less your third match now? Um, so yeah, I, I, for me, I was way more into this before they did the TV match, way more into it. Um, but you know, and you know, I, I'm not also like maybe if they were having another match that other than like a match where like oh they're definitely gonna bleed blood all, bleed all over the place. I, I don't care about blood in AEW anymore. I'm over it. Like it's in fact like it makes it makes me like uh, what do you say? Pull back and, and like instead of like get into it uh, at this point. But um, I don't know, man. I don't. Where do you think this this card this match places? Like, do you think it's gonna be like some main event, or do you or where do you think it's gonna go? Do you think it, it can't open? But I think it'll be right in the middle of the show. The middle um, of the show. Okay. Yeah, sorry, Danny. No, it should not main event. I'm not putting this over the world title. Because <laughs> it won't be a better match. Right. World title is going to be like, you know, up there. Yeah, I'm not taking the main event away from Hangman, especially when he's been nothing but phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. He's been great. And he has a, a great, like, main event opponent to, to do it with. So um, I think they're going to tear that, or not tear house down because they're the main event. <laughs> But like they're gonna, I feel well, like we're gonna have next. a killer match. Adam, Adam Page versus uh, Adam Cole singles match for the AEW World Title. Um, this should be excellent. Um, I, I think this is going to be you know they're going to ask Adam Cole to a have a great match, and I think he's going to step up to the plate. 
Uh, I think Heyman's on fire still. Uh, I don't think he's losing the championship here. Uh, there's, you know, Ray Dragon could come into play here. Uh, it could be, you know, interplay from the Bucks. You never know. Yeah. Um, but I feel like this is going to be class, just classic, like, hey, go out there and kill this shit, have a match to your candidate. And that's what I'm expecting. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I, I was stopped short of saying a match of the year candidate, like uh, Paige isn't in there with Omega or, or Daniel said in, uh, and Cole isn't in there with Gargano, but, uh, but I, I, I it's going to be a great match. Uh, so either way, um, how great I, that's what debate, but like, it's definitely be great. Um, and you know, I, I think that like, it could be the best match of the night. Like the only other one that I think could top it possibly be depending on what happens with their opponents for the um treat or the not trios but the three-way tag match or moxie danielson um or you know maybe even the ladder match goes nuts but i i I doubt that given the amount of big bodies out there but um i mean either way like it's a very strong card i don't think it's as strong as the last two pay-per-views on paper but um as far as a a match quality wise but I, i i think that um this is another going to be another great um, AEW pay-per-view regardless. Yeah. Uh, first, uh, AEW pay-per-view that Kenny Omega is missing. Um, so he Cody too. Never, no, Cody's missed tons of pay-per-views. Oh, yeah, because he keeps <laughs> going, leaving and coming back. He wasn't, he wasn't there for All Out, right? Nope. Yeah. yeah. You know, so like. So this, should we this, expect like one of the greatest pay-per-views of all time? I mean, he could. He could, but. Um, you know, we'll see. So I'm sure there'll be some type of some, some debuts, some, some shock stuff. I'm sure there's some stuff that isn't planned um, or that we don't, that is not advertised that is going to happen. So um, yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited about the show. Can't wait to be there. We'll be there in person. Got tickets, you know, we'll be performing, you know, in, in the, uh, the, the, with the music concert, whatever. Uh, I'm going to be, you know, jumping on stage and, and doing a verse and, Stuff like that. That's gonna be fun, and um, can't wait. So, um, <clears throat> up next, uh, did you have any other thoughts on the pay per view jams? No, um, I this will be my first AEW show um, that I'll be in attendance for. Um, this is like the first like thing I've done outside of like or since the pandemic involving like multiple people that doesn't involve like going to a grocery store or something, you know, of that <laughs> ilk of, of, of being mandatory. Like, this is my first like recreational thing since the pandemic. Um, I'll take that back. I was at Zach's wedding. Uh, I forgot about that. And I wore masks the whole time. I, I didn't take my mask off to take a drink of water or nothing. And I might yeah. do the same thing uh, for four hours for uh, all out. We'll see how that goes. So, um, yeah, but that's all I got. Yeah, man, I um <clears throat> definitely um so WWE 2K22 is in the news, so you know we're getting closer to the release date, and those ratings just dropped. So you guys know what time it is. As tradition goes on One Nation Radio, we love to talk about the ratings for the wrestlers because a the ratings are goofy tri- typically, like with how they do them as compared to how 2k does them and then we also kind of get a uh, a peek into what they think of particular people and then of course they fuck up all their all-time ratings and it you know they're putting them in conjunction with their modern people and just 
tons of shit don't make sense and uh we don't have the dlc characters or anything but we pretty much have the whole roster um there's a ton of people that are i believe there are over 30 people that are no longer with wwe that are in the game still it's tremendously out of date at this point and it's not out of date from just a firing standpoint it's out of date from um like a hey why are people from retribution in their retribution gimmicks and that shit hasn't been around in how long i don't know but i guess we can start at the very beginning james i'm gonna send you uh the list that i'm looking at so you can have that as well so we're gonna start right at the very top um, it's going to be AJ Styles. AJ Styles is a 91 overall. I. Other people. At that this are, point, um, that sounds kind of. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, like, there's a. Um, it's it's interesting when you start looking at other people that they have him around and better than. It's like, hold on. What? Hmm. But too high, too low, or just right. Who's the top rated guy in the company or, or in the in the in the promotion for, for Roman for Reigns at at ninety what ninety five? I guess that sounds about right. That might be that might at this point the way they they present him, it might be too high at this point. I think it's too high based yeah. on how they present him right now. But then again, like you got to do the cutoff dates of like when it was when like, you know, before. The, so if it's like it has 30 guy people, they haven't fired. So it's like these rosters are from like the middle of last year or, or maybe like the first uh, or maybe like spring of last year. Right. So by that point in time, he was tagging with uh, Omus. Right. Yep. Uh, yeah, it probably is too high. Still, but then again, yeah. it's like the well, this AJ Styles. Yeah, I'm doing some dumb shit, but let's. But we're not going to play like he's not AJ Styles. Maybe that's what they're doing. They're, they're, Maybe. And then again, like you know, it's a Twitch guy, so it's like we're not finna, we're not finna, we're not finna, we're not finna hold you to your rating because we know you really care about this. You know, yeah. you don't want to have him out there like you know, like Natalia over the the fifteen dollar list. Yeah, Natalia must. I think she's actually going to be happy with her rating. Maybe I don't know. Maybe mm. you know, it's, it's a whole thing, but. um so I'll I'll skip anyone that I don't really think matters. Alexa Bliss is an eighty four. Um, What's the I highest feel, rated woman? I believe it's Becky Lynch at ninety two. I believe. <sighs> yeah, Becky Lynch better has a higher rating than AJ Styles. I know not that. Okay, the women can't wrestle each other in the video game, or the, there's no intergender wrestling in the, in the video game. Why the fuck isn't like the highest rated woman not the as high, highly rated as the highest rated man? That makes no sense. That's you know that's the like, it's the built to, it, like just like misogyny and sexism just built right it, it baked directly into the, the the CPU. It built right into the fabric of the game, right? Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I have a major problem with how they do the ratings anyway because like they could make somebody a 98 or like a 97 or 99. And then it's like, they're all time people like, bro, they have fucking, uh, they have Shawn Michaels at an 88 overall. What? Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, hold on, man. Like, no, that's not how this works. Like that is like, they should be like, like the rating stuff is like, yo, Shawn Michaels should be like a 97 or 98 overall, like all time. 
Like, what the fuck are, what is happening here? He should definitely be no lower than like 96. Hey, um, because I, I don't know when WWE, like how it works. So this is 2K23, right? 22. 22 has come out during the year 22? Yeah, they pushed it back like an additional six months. And they didn't decide to just rename it 23? Nope. So they're, they're probably thrown off for forever now. Okay, whatever. Um, all right. Like, <laughs> whatever. Uh, all right, so where do you want to go next? Andre the Giant. No, no, we were at Alexa Bliss. We were at Alexa Bliss, right? So, oh, Alexa Bliss, Bliss is 84. 80, 84? I mean... Sure. What, do, what does the... What, what, like, what do the Fiend powers give her as far as rating? Does that boost her? No idea, man. No? All right. I guess that's appropriate. I don't know. Andre the Giant, 88. I feel like um, for the the myth that this man was built up as to beat at WrestleMania 3, how in the fuck is he an 88 overall? Are they doing the thing where they, like, we always say that they should do, but, like, there's no way to quantify it, which is, like, like as time goes by, like, the, like, the athletes get better, therefore, like, it's got to be the only thing. Like this, like so, if, like this was like fight night back in the day. Like they had Muhammad Ali at like an eighty-one or something. <laughs> yeah, bro, like normally, like Muhammad Ali would be like a ninety-nine or no, some well, shit. Said, Joe Frazier, they have you know it'll disrespect shit out of Joe Frazier. Yeah. Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali's a ninety-nine. What was what, Joe Frazier an eighty-four? <laughs> like, what the, the fuck? Disrespect. Um. So Angelo Dawkins uh, is an eighty. I think that's a tad bit too low. Think he should be up for a little a, bit for higher. Ace tag team tag teamer. Yeah, he should be in like the mid eighties. Oscar is a ninety overall. Okay. I mean, I mean, how will we know that she doesn't get booked anymore? But well, she's um, out with injury right now. She's been cleared forever. I thought she was out with injury. She's been ready since the Royal Rumble. Um, eh. Austin Theory is an eighty. I don't have a problem with that. He's getting a bunch of TV time, but he's pretty much a rookie um, on the, you know, in their terms. He's Batista. The, he's the only like young person on, on the roster, on the main roster. Yeah. But aside from like uh, the the Lotharios, that's it. But like, you know, you see where they got them doing. Yep. Nathan. Nathan. Um, Batista, 88 also. Same rating as Andre the Giant and Shawn Michaels. That's odd. Like is that just the the default legend legend booker or legend legend number? If it was me, I would give Batista ninety four. That sounds about right. Like a ninety, like somewhere in the mid nineties. Like if they were doing this right, anyway. All right, Bailey is an eighty eight. Too high, too low, or just right. I mean, I mean, this is a woman that carried the industry. Some say so. I don't know. I feel like it's a little low in that case. I, I do you remember what she did at WrestleMania? Uh, what was it WrestleMania thirty seven? She got hoed by the Bellas, right? Yeah, like for this person that carried the industry, like she was fucking hosting like a geek. Like they gave her that like that uh, two thousand. Um, the 2017 New Day treatment, like, like yeah, you let them host. Like when it's time for for a big tag match, we we'll have the Hardys come out instead of let them wrestle. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I guess that's about right. Like you know that, that 
88. That puts her in the upper echelon of the women's division, apparently, seeing it <laughs> number one woman is 90 fucking two. So, so, yeah. Yeah, and that's Becky Lynch, 92. Um, I guess, sure. Uh, I, I, maybe she's too high based on like what I think of her current work. Like, I think she maybe could be a little lower, but this isn't about me. Um, Beth Phoenix is an 87, and also Bianca Belair is an 87. I feel like Bianca's a little underrated. <laughs> you know about the ass, right? What? <laughs> Did this rain ride that she got squashed by Becky Vince? No, 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 no. Fuck that 90. Fuck that Pull 90. Pull that shit down. Pull that shit down. Come back. <laughs> Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> so, you gonna give out there low, low. Yeah, Um. you said 88? 87. 87? Yeah, that's a bit too low for her. But, um, but you know, the way they fucked with her last year, I can see why they, you know, there's mis- mixed messages. So, Well, somebody else who's also an 87 has a pretty interesting rating is Big E. That is very low for a WWE champion. It is, it is telling. It's yeah. almost like he wasn't the champion at all. It's almost as if, like, that was a tag guy. An ace yeah. tag guy. Yeah. Um, some some other people that are also in the... I'm going to quickly scan the list. Um, other people that are in the 87 range. Jerry the King Lawler is an 86. Wow. Uh, is Brett in the game? Brett is in the game. Mm. I don't think I got to him yet. Whoa! I just asked. I, I wasn't. You know, you get Booker to, you get T to. is an eighty-eight. <laughs> Bobby Lashley, a ninety-one. I feel like that is actually a good rating for him. That's about right. Like I would gripe maybe, um, maybe like one or two points. Yep. Um, so we've got Braun Strowman, who's fired from WWE. He's a 90. They fired someone that was a 90, James. 90. Nice controlling narratives. Yeah. Man. Make sure, make sure y'all go to the rant room. Um, so. <laughs> the boys are. Look, man. I, I know it's a scam because I simply because I see that like it's these white men and they're selling seasoning. Yes, that's not something you you think they would have experience with. Look, man, I trust my ethnic whites with seasoning. That's it. American whites? Nah, absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. Are you, is any of well, Strowman Southern? Yeah. So I, I you know, I, I trust him with some barbecue. I trust him with some barbecue. Anything else? Anything involving like a, a oven or a skillet? Nah, nah. nah no, I, I trust him with the open flame or some gas. That's about it. Bret Hart, ninety-one overall, incredibly low, incredibly low. Yeah, that's this. This should be a ninety-seven. Yeah, I, at least. They, like new generation getting hold. Yeah. Brock Lesnar, ninety-four. I feel like this is <laughs> way too low. What like, are we doing? Like, if you look how he's been presented throughout WWE history, this is a 99 overall. <laughs> right. What is this? What do we? This man beat Hogan. This man beat Rock. This man beat Triple H. 
Goldberg. Go- yeah, Goldberg. If, if 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 he's not not if he's not in the high nineties, who the fuck could be? Yeah. Why are we doing this? This whole thing is broken because of Brock Lesnar. Like, look at it. Like, he, like he just has to be under Roman Reigns, and then of course Roman Reigns is like the greatest wrestler of all time. So he's ninety five. But um, think about that, that though: the greatest wrestler ever, ninety five out of a hundred. What? Right. Right. Um, goofiness. Candice LeRae is a seventy seven. Two behind Carmella. That's funny. Yikes. That's the NXT rating. Um, yeah. Cesaro, no longer with the company. I guess it's a good time to bring that up. Uh, Cesaro. So he, his deal was coming up much like Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and AJ Styles. They all three got big raises, not to go nowhere. Uh, Cesaro walked in looking for his big raise, and there was not one waiting for him, apparently. And he was like, you know what? Fuck this, especially after this year extension that he signed and he can appear immediately anywhere else so he's gone from wwe what do you make of this james another person they miss uh they miss the uh they missed the wave with like multiple times um there's a super talented guy there's a person that um you know the adam cole joke you know what they do to make me special they ring the freaking bell um he was absolutely one of those people that like he's one of the few but he's one of those people that like the bell rings, you let them have their match, they'll get over with the crowd. It doesn't matter what kind of crowd it is, doesn't matter where it is, he's so sensational and so strong and so gifted athletically and as a worker that he can get his match over himself over just by ringing the bell. And uh, they took it for granted. They took it for granted. Um, he had some moments with in, in WWE, he absolutely did, but like, were they ever anything to follow through in a way that we see like some of the pillars in AEW, absolutely not. Um, I think that I think the closest thing he ever got was WrestleMania 30, when he you know he he uh, he throws out Big Show, and then the next day he um, he becomes Paul Heyman guy. But Paul Heyman guy thing was just a vehicle to get Heyman on TV until Brock showed back up. Um, and all he did was spend the entire time talking about Brock, so it just right. it got all fucked up and. That month before that WrestleMania, he was in the Elimination Chamber getting a title shot. He pinned Randy Orton. He really had a lot of momentum at a couple different times. Right. Had a run to and, catch and, with- and he had Jack Swagger's music. And he that did. shit went hard. Yep. That shit would have, like, it was all right there. Um, but, you know, he's he's a guy. He ended up having the the bar with Sheamus. It's a pretty underrated team uh, for the era. I oh, think. he's an all-time WWE tag teamer. Yeah. Like you put he also he, had a team multiple with different Tyson tag Kidd. teams and he made it work every single time. Tyson Kidd, the bar. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was he had a tag team with, but he was, he was in like three or four of them. It felt like, yeah. And you know, I, I really can't get it. Like, I think the only real issue is like, it took him that long to even get like some type of real pay-per-view title match. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like, you know, they never in a company where everyone touches the fucking belt, the yep. expectations are set and he never sniffed it. Yep. Uh, which is like the thing where people were like, Hey, you know, they misuse Cesaro. And I'm like, does Cesaro need to be my world champion? Not necessarily like any well-booked promotion, but like he's always there like to 
be a baby face, a heel, either way, like that bring people up the card. Like you saw when he went and wrestled Ilya Dragunov. You saw when he wrestled Sami Zayn in NXT. Like mm-hmm. you would think someone could like figure out. I don't know. <laughs> like you, you would think someone could figure out and, and get more out of him than like, like that dude. I just, I just that, think they didn't get yeah. enough out of him. Like that dude should have been like at, on one of these brands at some point. He should have been given the the uh, the ball to be like a number three heel somewhere, or a, or a number or a number two babyface, like, or a gatekeeper for a division. But they it never happened. Like it, he had these roles and they worked out. Um, but like he was always overqualified for the role he had at the time, and it was like you wish that he would ever get a shot to be, you know, pushed to the level of his competency. Um, you know, and there are guys that that have had that. Like AJ Styles got pushed to the level of his competency. Seth Rollins has. Um, you know, Sheamus. You know, when he's had his ups and his downs and came back around with it, like he uh he has like. There's been a bunch of people, Drew, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, um, the New Day, all uh, in a roundabout way, all kind of got their due, you know, as tag teams and as singles, the Usos and other things. Like, there's been a bunch of people that, like, have gotten their shot to level their competency. He never really got that. And obviously, you know, uh, there is something to be said to where, like, there are a lot of people that could, that are good enough to be the WWE world champion or top champion, but, like, it means so much more if a few of them don't make it. Um, I'm not necessarily sure if he should have been a, w- a, a top champion in WWE, but I damn sure would have had him in more than one program to, to try to figure this out or not because he's that kind of talent. And look, I mean, it's like it was Roman's just decided. Best, Roman's hottest part of his year of last year was when he was in there with Daniel Bryan and with Cesaro. Once he stopped being in the ring with those guys, what happened? Yeah, I think um, it was just this, the problem was it was just decided it was not for him yeah. uh, way before, you know, that or excuse me, they did it during like his youth. And then like at the very end on his way out, he yeah. kind of got, you know, one mercy right. shot at the title. Yeah, like um, he gets his one he gets his one big match win against Seth Rollins at WrestleMania and like. That's cool. But like I'm not going crazy over it taking you ten years to win right. a mat a mid card match on day two of WrestleMania. Right. And so like imagine if it was one big WrestleMania, you might not have made the show. Right. And like he's and he's somebody that's like, okay, so he's in there with Seth, he's finally getting a big match with Seth. Or not big match with Seth, but he's finally getting a big match with WrestleMania. Like, this is Seth's like tenth or some shit like that. And it's like I remember when him and Cesaro and like Ryback and like Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns are all giving Daniel Bryan hell in 2013 slash 14 while he's trying to fight back to the title and like they're kid they're tearing down the house and it's like look look what ended up with look what ended up happening with Ambrose what happening with with Seth and then like that guy like he did as well as those two did with Daniel Bryan but like he couldn't make it for some reason that's kind of odd to me. Yeah, and I think, you know, the elephant in the room would be, you know, his speaking, his verbal ability there. But I feel like, (laughs) look, like, I feel like, you know, someone like Jinder Mahal, you know, got a chance to be the fucking champion for six months. And then, like, you know, you have this guy who speaks five languages and you just can't figure it out for him. So it's like, it's maddening, it's frustrating. And it's like, 
I think there's a lot of grandstanding from, you know, people that don't want to hear anything about how Cesaro was misused or anything that are just like, just, just saying this guy had one of the best WWE runs ever. And it's like, no, he did No, he compared to what, like, like what top 20, top 50, top 100, like, like what's the number on the, on this thing? Like, I feel like people have to, they have to really look themselves or when they're putting out things like that, they need to look at it and be like, did WWE is it's a simple question. Did they get the most out of this person they could have gotten? Compared, the answer compared is to, no. Compared to what they had on the roster at the time and, and the roles that to be filled on the roster. And the answer for most of it was no. Like they figured best for him to be a ace tagger. And there was more there was more for him than that. Not to say that's a bad spot. He made a lot of money. He, he you know, he he was he was a. I wouldn't say he's a, it's just a failure. I would say that it's a borderline success or it's a push, whatever you want to call it. But that dude was one of the best workers I've ever seen. Slash is one of the best workers I've ever seen. I, I, I think that if he's one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen, he, he, he could can, do a little bit better in the in the in the wrestling in the number one wrestling promotion in the world, I, especially when he's six foot fucking four or five. Yeah. Like he get in the ring with you get you know the the, the 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 you know they say the measure sticks if you get in the ring with John Cena or a Randy Orton well he sees out of eye with Randy Orton at times he had for most of the time he had a better physique than Randy Orton too. Hey, I would I would be um <laughs> tempted to, to pull up the match logs for both of those gentlemen too over the you oh, know God. this last decade and oh, you, you told me. Who is you who know, has more like set or seven and a, or seven and a, seven point fives and higher? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. Don't even want to get into that. But yeah, excited about you know where he could be next. He could be anywhere. He could be. I, I don't think he's gonna go to New Japan because like you know no one can get into actual Japan yet. Um. Yeah. So that leaves one real place. Like I don't think he's gonna go. You know, slum it on the European MDs or something. So, um, he's this, made that sounds bleak. Right, he's made. I feel like he's made to throw around the pillars and then like have great matches with them. Oh, you oh you liked what I suggested to uh to Chad the other day, didn't you? Uh, well, right back. Oh, uh, Chad was like, if there's a role for him, like what would it be? And my suggestion was like, um, basically, I'm go out there and kill, kick all of the pillars and and killers asses, um, like. And then lose. <laughs> yeah, at the end, at the end of all of it, but like have him come out there and like it's like with no with no Cody and no um no mirror right now. They, there needs to be someone to bully around these these you know these middleweights. Man, let it be him. Yeah, like uh, we I think we were coming up with spots and uh, you know I, I would love to see a coffin drop into the you going to jail now uppercut. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. Cesaro is in the game. Uh, yeah. He's an 84 overall. You know why you can? This is the last time we finna see him outside of some, uh, some uh, what do you call it? Um, 2K showcase mode or no, something. What's yeah. the shit called uh, when you create him? A call? Uh, create a, yeah, yeah, a call. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, enjoy him. You know, enjoy the moveset. Enjoy the uppercut. Charlotte Flair, 90. Same as Asuka. That, you don't think that's odd? Uh, seeing as how they continually had Charlotte go over her her entire career, I feel like that is odd. I feel like Charlotte should be above her. Right. Like, at least I figured it should be like a, the highest rated world or tie. Um, China. 
87. Okay. Um, I mean, she can't outwork uh, the horsewoman, but she was a bigger star than um, than Charlotte, I believe. I guess uh, Charlotte got a got a. Well, they don't do that anymore in Playboy, so never mind. Um, Damian Priest uh, is an 84 overall. He's the U.S. champion. He got pushed for a, a lot of the year. Kind of is this not losing and stuff like that. I feel like he's a tad bit low. Um, I really don't know what to make of this one because, like, I, I know that he was protected, but I, I don't know if he was pushed. Right. Like, was it like the Alistair Black thing? His first year in in, uh, in the company or the main roster, where I think it's like it was we a- won't beat him, but like we're also not going to showcase him or push him. I think it was a case of them not realizing they didn't beat him. Uh, <laughs> One uh, of those, like, like there's some nerd in the bag. like, sir, sir, Mister McMahon, we haven't beaten him yet. We can still yeah. beat him. There's time to beat him. Oh God, we haven't beaten him. God damn, what are we doing? Ah, uh, now. Beat him now. Uh, it's so weird. Uh, I um, I don't know, man. Like, it, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it seems it does seem low for a U.S. champion. The Demon, ninety. Seeing, I, I just want to know, like, when you fight. Wait, wait, the wait, Demon. You, oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you talking about Finn Balor? Are we talking about Kane? I don't know. Oh, we were talking about Finn Balor, okay. the demon. Okay. Yes, he's stupid. No, I'm dead serious. I don't know which one you mean, like Demon Kane or, or I, I just want to know. King. I just want to know if you fight the demon, like, is there a way to the, a secret way to put him away that causes like the top rope to snap, and then like he just completely loses all ability. I'm assuming that's like a special code you got to throw in. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess the demon's a ninety. Sure, um, Dolph Ziggler has dropped to a eighty-two. Man, he seems to be on the downside. He's in NXT now, man. Um, Dominic Mysterio, seventy-nine. Also a seventy-nine. James Drew Gulak. <laughs> James, seventy-nine is way too high for Dominic Mysterio. I'm not just gonna say push. This is way too high for Dominic Mysterio. And Dom Mysterio has been skating way, way too long uh, oh through God. the FOH draft, through uh, different award seasons. Uh, him just, just skating by, you know. Are you? Here's my question. Have you been watching these Dominic Mysterio matches? Or have you just been no. hearing bad reports? No. I haven't watched it since, like, the, the last time I saw him. And then I just see his face, and I'm just like, he so- sucks. So is this? Care. So what is basing the part where you think he's like horrendous? Is it just like reports from like uh, uh, Voice of Wrestling saying he's awful? No, like the the matches that I, I've seen him on in, in on some of these big shows, I just think he's what terrible. big shows he ever on. I think no, he was, he was I think on, the only big show I remember on was like he had some match with Seth Rollins where I thought he did pretty good, but that was like I one think, of his first matches. I think it was in the last year. And look, I'm not uh, defending. If he sucks, he sucks. And quite frankly, I don't care. Like, whatever. Yeah, I think it was in the last year. Um, and it was like, what the fuck is going on here? I think he was doing like six man tags with like um, with Cena and Ray, and then he was in there, and it was just like, what is this make a wish shit, man? Like, um, yeah. So yeah, 
like like Dylan said, he needs the NBA 2K 60 overall. Yes, that man needs a brown shirt. <laughs> so. Oh, wow. I'm looking at this. He has a five. He's 5.5 on cage match. Yikes. See? Oh, man. This is not good. This is suboptimal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this, this, you sh- Look, man, I know that I know people make these jokes about. I know uh, I think Miz made the joke about uh, Eddie and Ray and you know paternity uh, with when it came to um, <laughs> Dominic recently. I gotta tell you, uh, something tells me he's neither one of they dad they damn kids because uh, uh, five point five. Are you Ray Mysterio, or Eddie, or, or Eddie Guerrero's son? That don't make no goddamn sense. No, bruh, no. like, bruh. <laughs> Black Saber Jr. says Dom Mysterio is a 55 overall, no badges. <laughs> I mean, if this man look, you know what? I, I'm not going. I'm not going to get mad at him because, to be honest with you, is because of his dad. If he wasn't in, if he if his dad wasn't his dad, he wouldn't even be in the league right now. Do you know what this is? This is the proto Bronny Jr. Bronny uh, oh James, no, like. This man going to end up in bro, little Bronny going to end up in the league, bro. Bronny is like ranked like thirtieth in his high school class as a junior. You know what that means? That is not someone going to the league, right? They're gonna try to will this man in here. Like it's, so, it's gonna be it's gonna be like struggle. So when that man's in the G League or whatever else, like as you know, as and a as an undrafted or probably as a second rounder or whatever LeBron else, will, and LeBron's will play playing for the fucking Charlotte Hornets. We, we ain't got no one to blame except for LeBron because LeBron. Um, I would be having a great laugh, man. You you went out there to play with Jordan Wood drafting the just to do that shit. He's like, yeah, come play, come play here, and then like you never even play out because we're inept uh, as a franchise. Jordan Wood do that, like close it, shut the door. Jordan shut the door in that nigga's career. You know that that man could um also show up to like Lake Erie or something like you know oh Le- LeBron God. like play a G League game with him and then retire. Could you imagine, bro? LeBron's last <laughs> game, NBA game is not an NBA game, but it's a G League game because his son trash. <laughs> That's bro. Think about it. That's what's happening with Doc. That's what's happening with like the, the tail end of, of Ray Mysterio's prime right now. He's out here wasting away trying to carry his sorry ass son. Yo. I went into this trying to defend this man. I love him looking at match and was like, nah, ain't nothing to defend. This hey, is bullshit. Man. I want to see the, Ray unleashed. The, this is the curse of David Flair coming to back oh, to strike. Man. Oh, man. You know, oh, this is bad. So, um, you know, TK with division. We are not taking him too. No. Hey man. Um, look, it is great that everybody wants to follow their dreams, but like your dreams ain't more important than, than what I want to watch. And I want to see Ray Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Ray Mysterio. He'll be great again. I don't want to see him mired into the bullshit with his trifling ass son. <sighs> Pack that shit up. Eddie Guerrero, 90 overall. <laughs> I mean that sounds about right. That sounds about right. I'm gonna give Eddie Guerrero a 92 overall. Um, okay. Edge is a 91. Sounds about right. Maybe if you want to say bump up to 93 ish at his peak. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Um, 
this is funny. They gave Eric Bischoff a 69. He's the lowest rated person in the game. Is that a rib? It's got to be a rib. What, what's Mr. Uh, Man on there? 76. I don't know how that works when Eric Bischoff holds a victory over um, Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon lost via countout to, to Eric Bischoff. Forget forget that part. What about, like, you know, Vince is a muscle guy. Like, what about Karate Man Bischoff? What about right. no flex zone Eric Bischoff staring dead into the camera? Hey. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Like, whatever, man. Whatever. Bischoff. This is a goofball. Check this one out. They gave Farouk an 88 overall. When the fuck would Farouk have ever been booked like an 88 overall? Um, Maybe. He has the same uh, maybe rating. Maybe like 97. He has the same rating as Shawn Michaels, James, and Andre the Giant, and the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, well, I'm not accounting for the fact that they're doing that nonsense, but I meant like in a, I meant like in a normal thing where like the top person would be like a, would be like a 99. Uh-huh. Right? Like I can see him being like in a like a ninety topping out, especially like um Peak Nation domination, right? Right before the rock like broke that shit up from the inside out with his narcissism. Yeah. Um Finn Balor, the regular Finn Balor, eighty seven overall. So he went from ninety to eighty seven? Yeah. So three hours in the chair getting painted on and then like all the all the supernatural effects were three. Yeah. Three. You get a point for each hour in the chair. <sighs> Um, Goldberg in '88 overall. Also, that's nonsense. The f- you mean to tell me right now that if they did Goldberg right now versus the Demon, they he would the Demon would get fucking jackhammer around his fucking dome, bro. They would they would have this man like Keiji Muto. That man would be winning. Wow. Baron Corbin. Oh, excuse me, Happy Corbin, '81 overall. Think of all the time we've wasted in our lives watching that this sorry fuck get pushed like he was going to be the top guy. For him now in the video game to be treated like a geek. When we knew when he was still NXT, off the rip. Off the rip. So check this out. They have two versions of Hulk Hogan in the game. Hollywood Hogan and then Hulk Hogan. Now, if it is it me, James, or Hulk Hogan has not done any matches since 2010, right? Something like that. So, WWE 2K14 is the last one that I remember both of them being in before he was reinstated to come back into video games, which was a couple years. Oh, so this is the last time he was in WWE before he uh, he 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 uh, niggerized himself out the paint Correct. for a few years. Correct. Okay. And then um, I remember Hulk Hogan, the red and yellow, was a 94 overall, and Hollywood Hogan was an 88 overall. Why did it change? Hollywood Hogan now is a 92. Hulk Hogan is a 91. Which one got better? Which one got worse? How did this happen? I don't know, man. They they think we don't remember these things. This that's why these ratings like like the average person I I don't think would even think of that, right? I but don't like, understand why we're changing the ratings up uh, from year to year on 
or not year to year because the game didn't come out last year, last year. But you might put like from edition to edition. Like, why would like the legend players like their ratings trains change so drastically from right. edition to edition? It makes no sense. Io Shirai, eighty two, getting that NXT rating. Eighty two, very low. Swerve is in where was Carmella? Carmella was a seventy nine. Okay, it's less terrible. She's below Carmella. We'd be like, all right, let's wrap this shit up. All right, this is stupid. Swerve was in the game, uh, so Swerve's an eighty overall. So, shout out to Swerve. Um, they could have shown him a little more love, but. Jake Roberts is an 85. I'm sorry. He's the number two babyface of the 80s. No, it should be higher. He should be like a 91. Uh, I understand he's round low. Do you think he's a bigger babyface than Ultimate Warrior? From 80, like just from 80, just his run from 88 to, uh, like the last three years. Um. Well, obviously, Warrior won the championship and stuff like that. But that uh, was in the night. But that was like nineteen ninety. Yeah, that was like the 90s. Even, I'm not even counting that part. I'm just talking about like the, the what you threw out about him being the top or uh, number two babyface of the eighties. Then I also I'd also argue Savage when he was a the rare times he was a babyface. Um. Yeah, he was only a babyface for like a year though, if that. You, but I mean, if that, I agree. But man, that that when he was when he was the top baby, or you know, the number two baby face. Have they ever had a number two that good outside the Rock? CM Punk. I would still say like that tourist schedule and that date. I mean, I think that's more of Hogan than 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 uh, Savage. But like, I mean, like. There was a, I forgot what year it was. There's a certain point where you go through like the WrestleManias from year to year and Summer Sense from year to year, and you're like, yo, Savage's program is kicking Hogan's ass. Like every, like consistently, like every, from SummerSlam to WrestleMania, like basically, like from at some point in the 80s to literally like 92, like until they're almost out of the company, both of them. Like he just kicked his ass and like, what do you want to, what would you rather see? We are the one to, you rather see like, I remember, what did Hogan do in, in, um, in London? At Wembley, what did he even do? He wasn't on the show, right? So, so you have the you have the match with Warrior, right? You have the match with Warrior. Then you have like WrestleMania eight. Oh, like it's Sid and it's it's Sid and Hogan, and then like motherfuckers missing their time cues that interfered, so there's no finish in the match. Oh, like what what was what's Savage doing? Oh, Flair. Okay, mm-hmm. what are we talking about? What's there to discuss? <laughs> like Savage was kicking his ass as far as quality for for the longest. All right, I'll, I'll speed this up a little bit. John Cena is a ninety-two overall, which John Cena should be a ninety-nine or ninety-eight overall. Like, what is going on? Like, like one of the five most important people in the company, ninety-two. Fuck out of here, uh, like, bro. Matt, look, yeah, he, he and, sure wasn't drawn like a ninety-two last summer. Hey, Rich, Bill Russell, ninety-two. Exactly. What? Johnny Gargano, 82. Makes sense given the NXT uh, gap they put in the ratings. 
Yep. Uh, Keith Lee, an 80. Kevin Owens, 85. Kofi Kingston, 88. Higher than Big E. Hmm. Also, Kofi Kingston, Shawn Michaels, exactly the same. Kofi Kingston and Macho Man Randy Savage, exactly the same. Kofi yeah. Kingston and Andre the Giant, exactly the same. I Kofi Kingston not, and Batista, exactly the same. I do not think that Kofi Kingston will be getting um will be getting the kind of treatment uh from this man that Shawn Michaels uh, has gotten over the years. Hey, Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston, both eighty eight overall, exactly the same. Yeah, sure. Let let uh let Kobe Kingston uh, fail a drug test. See what happens. <laughs> Let him fail a drug test. See what happens to him. Oh, Kushida, 79 overall. I, I forgot who I was talking to about this, but I remember watching his last match in New Japan. Uh, it was a Corken Hall at the beginning of that year um, against, uh, against Tanahashi. And after the match, like Kevin Kelly's on commentary, and you know, Kushida signs off to the crowd. And he starts, you know, this is before the pandemic, so he's like shaking hand with, hands with people in at Cork and all that kind of stuff, and taking pictures. I remember, I remember, like Kevin Kelly was like, more or less, he was like, he'll be back. Like, please go back, please go back, please return. I, I know you want to go to America and make this shit work out, but like, bruh, like. They gave you like a handful of matches, and you were and you were still fucking great. But they got you out here doing this bullshit. Like, come back, man, come back. Kyle O'Reilly, eighty-one. He's in AEW now. Yep. Lacey Evans also in eighty-one. I have never one thing that I have not seen. I see a lot of stuff in my timeline. One thing I have not seen yet. Is people clamoring for and wanting to know when she's coming back? <laughs> I haven't heard it not one time. Well, and I hear when people are out and injured, like when they're gonna come back all the time. When is Jungle? When is Jungle Kiana coming back? When is uh, Bailey coming back? Her? No. Yeah, man. Um, someone that is uh, talked about on the timeline a whole lot. When is Kenny Omega coming back, Rich? We hear that all the time now. Yeah. Um, we were just talking else. about Dante Martin. True. Yep. Or Darius Martin. Oh yeah. Dar- yes. Darius. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Um, um, someone is talked about quite frequently on the timeline. Liv Morgan. So. You want me uh, to guess? Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and guess? Seeing I'm gonna say eight, I'm gonna say eighty four. So an 84 would be a rating that you gave to someone they actually cared about and that actually won matches and was actually like kind of had some type of legacy or was yeah, just give me the rating. No, all. Just give um, me the rating. The rating that Liv Morgan ended up getting was a 77, you oh see, because God. they don't give a fuck about her. That's why, which is what I'm trying to tell y'all. Carmella. She's at that Carmella level. <laughs> Worse than Carmella. Oh, my God. Was Carmella 79? Yes. Oh, man. Yes. Oh man, uh, yeah. So you know, this is a person they do not care about. I need you guys to to understand this. Uh, people in the YouTube comments. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, Macho Man Randy Savage, eighty-eight overall. A travesty, a, an absolute travesty. Should be no lower than a ninety-seven. Um, the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, eighty-five. 
he should be like a ninety-one at the at the this minimum. Is right. Montez Ford, eighty-two. That's low. Mustafa Ali, go ahead and guess that one, James. Oh God, eighty flat. 77 someone who they do not also care about Pete Dunn Um, 81 exactly right on the money Um, Naomi 79 what alright man let's wrap this up Natalia 84 what Natalia's 84, Naomi's a 79. All right. Okay. I got another one for you. Nikki ASH, 82. Nia Jax, 82. Fired. Peyton Royce, 79. Oh, my God. Raul, Raquel Gonzalez, 81. Wow. That makes sense, though. She was a champion by that time. They, are, they were doing uh, the ratings for this. Razor Ramon, 84. They sized him. Yeah, that's no. Razor should should actually be the one that you know. There's that 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 pool of eighty eights. He should be an eighty eight overall. If all those people are eighty eights, then like, uh, like they should all be. He should above be like eighty six at the lowest. Then right. If we're going by like these gimmicks that mattered or whatever else, and not necessarily about skill level or whatever. Oh, also, Ric Flair is an eighty eight overall. Okay. Um, so Kofi Kingston and Ric Flair are exactly the same. Uh, Rey Mysterio is a ninety. That may be the cover bump. Mm. Rhea Ripley eighty six, Matt Riddle eighty five, The Road Dog also eighty five. The Road Dog. Wait, The Road Dog is rated higher than Razor fucking Ramon? Yes, James. The Road Dog is rated higher than Razor Razor Ramon. In what fucking galaxy? Okay, man. Like his tagging part is not even in the game, James. You can't even like, like. There's no reason to even pick Jesse James. Like, um, unless he's <clears throat> going for that hardcore uh, championship, Jesse James. Right. Um, Roman Reigns, ninety-five, the greatest wrestler of all time. Whatever. If he's the greatest wrestler, if he's the best wrestler on the thing, he should be a ninety-nine or a ninety-eight, whatever. Goofy rating system. Check this out. Roddy Roddy Piper, 85. How? Equal to Road Dog. Equal to the Road Dog. This Road Dog thing is probably the biggest offense thus far. Road Dog is out here. Like, how many points in front of Ziggler? Three. Ziggler's one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time. Bro. Road Dog's a tag teamer. The Road Dog, three points behind Shawn Michaels, James. <sighs> Samoa Joe, 86. Fire. One point ahead of the Road Dog. Sasha Banks, also 88. But and she's a woman, so they really like don't care. Like She's really down there. Then. What was Charlotte again? 91? Charlotte was a 90. 90. Look, they gave Sasha and Bailey the same rating. They gave Charlotte a ninety, and then they gave Becky a ninety-two. I I really do not get this like 
this whole thing to pretend that like Charlotte was a bigger deal or a bigger star or more skilled than, than Sasha. Cause none of it's, that is ever, none of that has ever been proven to be true ever. There's no metric that says it. There's no, no fan support that says it. There's, there's nothing that says this. Like, um, Sasha has randomly been stuck to Naomi to go for the tag team championships mm-hmm. at WrestleMania that no one gives a fuck about. Right. <clears throat> they would never do this to Charlotte. No. Charlotte's never lost WrestleMania. That's fun. That's funny. I'm dead serious. Like, I, I, I was thinking about this. Um, I don't know when it was, but it might have been like when it was worded, like, Ronald was coming back. I was like, she's never lost WrestleMania. Like, you mean she's never been pinned? Because she lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's never been pinned. Five. She's never okay. been pinned or submitted at WrestleMania. Like, she, because she, you know, um, so yeah, like. 32, she wins. 33, she's in that match, but she doesn't get pinned. 34, she beats Asuka. 35, uh, she doesn't get pinned. Um, she didn't get pinned? It was an elimination match. What happened at 33? 33 was a four-way that but Bailey it was elim- ended up winning. Well, it was elimination, so, so someone had to beat her. It was Bailey, uh, right? Did Bailey beat her with an elbow drop? I think Bailey beat her. Uh, okay, then. That's her one loss. That's her one loss. All right. Okay, I stand corrected. So she lost one. She's been pinned one time in multiple WrestleMania. So like she has a better like track record than the greatest wrestler of all time at fucking WrestleMania. Apparently. Yeah, uh, and Sasha Banks has never won at WrestleMania. Right. In contrast, so um, right, even when it was like asinine, like two times it was asinine for her to lose. Yep. Scott Hall, ninety. Scott Hall from the NWO. Okay. Oh, I'm not even going to get into it. That's dumb. You know, you understand why it's dumb. I got another one for you. Seth Rollins. You want me to guess? Yes. Uh, and consider that mound of 88s that we have. There, there are even more people that I haven't named that are also 88 or He's going to be like a 93. He's a 91, James. So that's less bad than I thought it would would be, but like that's like the rating AJ Styles is right ninety one. Yes, they clearly handcuffed those two together. <laughs> so they had like the two thousand like uh, two thousand eighteen. All right. Yep. Yep. All right. Funny, uh, you know, it's all time great. You know, Seth Rollins, maybe, maybe his all time great. Yeah, and then just got his ass flipped on back to back pay per views like a geek. Sheamus, eighty five, same as the Road Dog. <laughs> In front of Razor Mode, Shinsuke Nakamura, eighty eight. Serious question: What, <laughs> bro? Everyone's a fucking eighty eight. Wait, it's, hold on, hold on, hold on, bro. Like Nakamura. Should be like I don't say he's IC champion was IC champion for a long time. But he didn't defend that bitch, but like, how do you get away with saying that man's any he, that man's anything above the mid forty or mid eighties? How no do you get idea. away with that? No idea. Like, if I were to get like if I were to go to time machine and pull out like uh, two thousand fifteen Intercontinental uh, IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and put him and plug him into the game. I don't think he'd be a fucking eighty-eight uh, the way WWE treats people. But now, now that he's a shell of himself, he's an eighty-eight. Fuck out of here! Unbelievable, James. There are like 
there's still like four or five people that have 88 overalls All right. left. All right. Um, so uh, up next, Stone Cold Steve Austin, 92. Let's see if you say 88, we need to turn this shit off. 892 is ridiculous. That's, that's ridiculous. You should be a 99. Yep. 99. Stephanie McMahon, 77. Six. X Pac Waltman, six? Six. He's also in the game as X Pac, but six. I want you to guess the rating, James. Like a 77. 88, James. What? Six. Nah, bro. Exactly the same nah, as, no. as, as Andre the Giant, hell Randy Savage, no. Shawn Michaels, Kofi Kingston. Are you fucking kidding hell me? Hell no. Like, what's his biggest? What was his biggest win? WCW beating Jericho. Maybe, maybe he beat Ric Flair or something once. Maybe, but um, hell no. Like, don't do not let them try to. Like, he was, he wow. was uh, the. You know, he was a dude in the NWO, like, bro. He was a B-teamer, except his friends uh, kept him from being a B-teamer. Yeah, man, this is um, this is incredible, quite frankly. They gave him an 88 overall. Like, that's that's probably the most ridiculous rating next to the Road Dog one. Like, work-wise, yeah, yeah, I guess, sure. But, like, as far as the way he was in as a star, fuck, no, absolutely not. The Miz, 86. He was champion last year. He was. <laughs> one better than the Road Dog. Oh, my God. The Miz and Samoa Joe, exactly the same. Are you saying that, like, the Road Dog missed his opportunity? If he had been 20 years uh, or 15 years younger, then he could have been the, world, the champion in WWE? Yeah, maybe. Jesus Christ. Up next, The Rock. Go ahead and guess his rating. Jesus Christ. I'm going to say 94. Nope. 93. He should be a 99 as well. Right. Um, let's see. Triple H. 95. 94. You would think, right? But he they, he's a 91. So he's still above all those people that are 88s and shit, right? Uh, so he's three points better than Shawn Michaels. In what fucking galaxy? Jesus Christ. I, I want to stop this this narrative that I feel like is out there now, you know, in the recasting and rewriting of history and stuff like that. Triple H was never, ever, in his wildest dreams, better than Shawn Michaels. No. Never. The only advantage he ever had was that he wrestled guys that were way bigger than the guys Shawn ever wrestled. So, like, yes, he got the uh, Triple H got to stand diagonally from Steve Austin and Mick Foley and the Undertaker and The Rock, um, and Shawn Michaels got to stand up diagonally from like Mick Foley, who was man kind with a mask on, and people were scared of him and didn't love him, and The Undertaker uh, when when he was just a getting robot. out of a shell, just getting out of a shell at that point in time, and Bret Hart, and like those guys were that are on the on the on Triple H's side are like way bigger and, and also Angle and whoever else you want to throw in there from that time but like let's not pretend like this is ridiculous yeah Trish Stratus 88 bro they 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 are killing me with all these 88s Ultimate Warrior don't say 88 88 
Get the fuck out of here. Bro, they love this rating. I don't get it. I don't know why all these people are 88s. It's like, do y'all not know how to differentiate the talent levels here? Like, what is going on? So, Kofi Kingston and the Ultimate Warrior, exactly the same. Um, so there's three, four different Undertakers, James. So the regular Undertaker is a 90. Ministry of Darkness Undertaker is a 93. Phantom Mask Undertaker <sighs> is an 88. Of course, because there has to be another 88. That's such an obscure time. That's like what? It's like a nine month span of his whole fucking career. It was gonna give him a. In the Boneyard match, he's a eighty. He's a ninety-one. Oh my god! Okay, so Walter's an eighty-six. Boneyard, regular Undertaker from like the last, or from like basically like the uh, the the tooth from like oh four to like two thousand fifteen or uh, fourteen or whatever. Yeah. Um. Phantom Man's supposed to be like a stand in for like 90s Undertaker and the Ministry of Darkness. Yep. Okay. I mean, whatever, man. I don't know why they're doing the Phantom Mass Undertaker. They could have just did like the Purple Gloves. Purple Gloves and Spats Undertaker. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, but that's it. That I, I don't think anyone else is. Oh, yeah. Xavier Woods is 86, and then regular Xbox is 85. Wait. So six was an 88 in yes. Xbox. Yes, bro. They couldn't even do it right. Like they're like you're supposed to like if you're WWE, and they did this with Hogan as well. They put maybe it's because of the NWO thing and the marketing. That's why they fucked up these these rankings. But you're supposed to put like the WWF gimmick is a higher guy. But like, it, but but at least like have some like sense of reality to it. Like X Pac was not a bigger star in WCW than he was in WWE. Neither. Right. So, like, if you if you want to say like, okay, well, Scott Hall compared to Razor Ramon, sure, that's the case. If you want to say like, Hogan being Hollywood Hogan at the peak of NWO was hotter than like, let's say, any of the Hogan from nine from eighty nine on or whatever you want or late nineties on, sure. But like, I'm not gonna pretend like eighty five Hulk Hogan wasn't like the one of the biggest fucking stars in the history of the of the industry. That's ridiculous. That's absurd. Yeah, um, a lot of 88 overalls. Uh, that road dog rating is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah, but another year of goofy ratings. And, you know, next year we'll be back with our. <laughs> we'll be back to talk about it again. But Maybe. It might not be an addition next year for all we know. <laughs> this is true. Um, yeah, but I guess, James, it's time to hit the music. Okay, man. Um, there was a lot of stuff we have not talked about with stardom. Um, I I think it's more appropriate for us to talk about the storyline stuff than the matches. Um, I can throw you some matches to say I would recommend. Um, but right now, um, we've missed basically like four shows where we even got to the pay-per-view. 
So I'm just going to talk about like the storyline stuff to lead us here. Um, there was a tag match um, uh, basically like two weekends ago. Uh, they had or a, a trios match where it was um, Donald Del Mondo versus uh, Cosmic Angels. They had Unagi and Tam and uh, My Sakurai versus Donald Del Mondo. I think it was the the new goon squad of uh, Donald Del Mondo with, with, with Julia, so Mariah and, and Tecla. Anyway, um, for months now, um, Julia. Ever since Julia came back, she has a, been making appeals to Mai to have her um, decide on whether or not she wants to uh, what she wants to do with her career and her allegiances uh, faction wise um, this I th- I'm pretty sure this got kickstarted from the end of the year stuff they were doing so um, at some point um, I can't pinpoint when but it was before but it was definitely before um, Sumo Hall uh, for uh, 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 Dream Queendom they had did year end stuff, um, basically promote like uh, stardom being on uh, whatever television um, channel they are on terrestrially in Japan, and um, so there was a lot of uh, like um, interviews that were being done. So like, there's one show more or less where it's talking about like going over like the history, the ten year history of stardom with uh, Usupon. They're like recapping big events from like almost like a, a beginning period from where for her time until she retired. And then a, th- a middle period of like focusing on like, uh, Mayu EO and Kyrie until EO and Kyrie leave stardom. And then like focusing on after that, like basically from the time they get to Bushiro signing them to, um, Julia and, in um, Tam and um, Utami getting coming to the company, um, but anyway, uh, during all that stuff, they were they had like these many faction interviews, and um, and the one I think you, I've seen sent you a video of the Cosmic Angel where like Mina's like doing this weird crazy dance that like Unagi's like narrating, and we're all like, I, I have no translation of what being narrated and what she's trying to attempt, but like, it's like goofing. Like, what the fuck is this? Well, during that one with Cosmic Angels, they're going back and talking to Maya about like what inspired her for wrestling and joining stardom. And, um, she says she looks, she, she starts smiling and she's like, like worried about the answer. She's kind of like Julia. And then Tam jumps up and laughs. She's like, Julia, why her? And then like gives her a kick. So, Flash forward to um, Julia coming back. Um, Julia starts appealing to her like on the one three show, I believe, and saying, you know, you know, you said that like, you know, I inspired you in some way. You can make a decision on what you want to do. And then after this match, after uh, the match from a couple weeks ago, uh, Julia, they go the distance and it is rough. Like. And it wasn't like I could just blame it all on um, Mai because Julie wasn't like up to her game like she normally is. But um, it was rough. But by the time Julia finishes her off, she asks her for what she what she, she wants to answer. And then uh, she uh, Mai is like, "Well, you know, I I, I want to join Donald Omondo. Um And then and then Tam is like, <laughs> Look, "I don't want to practice dancing no more." So that, that's where we're getting at. So Tam's like, what, "You're leaving her for you're you're leaving you're leaving." Uh, Cosmic Angels to join her 
And then uh, she goes, well, I don't want to dance. And the crowd laughs. And then Tam goes, well, let me ask you this. Uh, what about all the dancing that them, uh, Julia and Shuri do when they were the fucking tag champs and dance to the ring like assholes? What about that? Right? Then she'd have an answer for that one. I guess that's the dance that's okay. So anyway. Um, dog dancing right there. Yeah. So anyway. Uh. Tam says, you, you know what this means? You know what this means for you for, for you to join her? You know what this you means for me for like life. This? You, you know, you know what this means, life. right? And she goes, yes. And then Tam, man, Tam, Tam jumped her. Tam jumped her. And, and Unagi had to pull pull her and the rest of DDM had to pull her off, Tam off of her. Um, and I, like, I guess, I guess Cosby Angels is like the elite. You can't just leave. You know? <laughs> I guess not. You know, I guess get, not. You know, so, you gotta get whooped. Well, well, no, she was. Oh, she accepted it, but she was furious. So, because it's Julia, she leave. Uh, she leave her for. So, um, you know, the, all the, the other four. Uh, sorry, the other three cosmic angels are pulling Tam, pull Tam off, and they're, and they're literally like on top of her to stop Tam from going after uh Julia and and Mai, and um, like, uh, they say their piece, and about leaving on the way out, Julia's like. She says to Waka, who's like, she's just like devastated. She's just t- so. Oh, also another part. Mina, Mina gets on the mic and was like, "You're leaving us? Like we won the fucking faction of the year for like for the magazine awards? What are you doing? What, you're gonna leave us? Okay, fine, asshole." So then, um, Maya is just like she's beside herself. She's inconsolable with tears. Uh, we're like, Tam is furious. Unagi's kind of like trying to. She's trying to almost like keep everybody together because they're like going on these they're going off the deep ends and the opposite directions of anger and sadness between like Mina and, and um and Walker just t- crying and Tam's furious wants to kill her kill him she's trying to just keep people from you know trying to keep everybody from going nuts so um Julia says to uh to Walker is like well look you you know you need to some like you need to someone's like dry those tears because now you have a rival and, and, you know, it's kind of like getting to the, what happened with, like, um, Itsuki and, and Tall Saya when, or Kamatati when, like, they split up, too. It's, it's another version of that, like, choose your own path. So, um, that, that was, that was the main thing, storyline-wise. Um, and then, the week before, or sorry, the, the go-home show at Corican Hall before the pay-per-view, uh, they finally had prominence in for a match it was uh, Shuri versus Shuri and Tekla versus um, Risa Sarah in uh, Akane Fujita. I did not like this match as much as other people. Apparently, I thought it was a good match. People are like, people think it's like four stars, and I don't think it's even close to that. But um, Shuri looks great in it. Um, it's interesting to see Risa like in a Stardom ring because I've only ever seen an ice ribbon, and like a lot of the girls in ice ribbon are smaller, so like. She's in, you know, if she's in the ring with other women that are smaller like and skinny like Sari, uh, uh, Sayori Ano, I have no gauge for how tall she and big she actually is. But then, like, I see her in it with shirt. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, she's, like, she's bigger than Utami. Okay. Like, so, anyway, um, the, the tag match was mostly built around um, Risa versus Shuri and um, Tekla versus Akane. Um, Akane and Tekla, like, before Tekla left, 
uh, Ice Ribbon, they were they were in the middle of something anyway uh, over one of their belts. So it makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, but yeah, like they set up, they end up going to twenty minute draw, and then um, that's more or less setting up that like I think Shuri's going to end up in a title match or something personal with um, with Risa Sarah while Suzu is focused on. Or Suzu and Julia are focused on each other. I don't know when, when that comes to fruition in a singles capacity or if it's going to be a tag team thing, but that seems to be the case. Um, so after they go to the draw, they reiterate that, like, we're going to make some noise at at, uh, at Sumo Hall for one of these shows. We might even fuck up your match until we get our matches because you, you, you're, you're ducking us. Um, especially mm. Suzu saying this to Julia after their match, after this match. So um, that's pretty much sets up the table as far as. Um, as far as like the important storyline progression stuff before we get to the pay-per-view. So uh, let's get to the pay-per-view. Um, what match did you see from the pay-per-view? The last two. The last two. Okay. So um, let me pull up my notes. Okay. So the first match was the Futures Belt match. It was uh, Hannah versus Kogo. Um, I thought it was a good match. Uh, I gave him to give it three stars. At the end, Hannah ended up beating Kogo with a bri- with her bridging backdrop suplex. Um, just for the SWA? No, that's the that's the Futures Belt. It's Futures, for the Futures belt, belt, my bad. Yeah. Uh, that was the opener. Second match was Utami and Lady C. Uh, <laughs> Lady C sporting the new gear. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> this, 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 gear. This sexual C gear. Yes, uh, sexual C. Yeah. <laughs> Not, 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 not Mark Henry. <laughs> so it's it's Utami and Lady C versus um uh versus Momo and I believe Rock. You can't just drop the sexual C and then not fill them in. I'm not. <laughs> okay, so she uh she came out with some new gear and for some reason like she, uh oh because like she has like a sl- like a I can't even explain like a like a slit. And like the backside, so you see like a sliver of booty meat, I guess. <laughs> so she called it sex. She called so she typed sexual C or sexual C uh, for sexy in, in her tweet, and then on the translation, it comes out and says sexual C. So, <laughs> so, that, so that's her new name from now on. You know, on this show, this is sexual C now. Oh my god. Yeah, so uh <laughs> So uh so it's it is it is uh Utami and C versus uh Momo and Roaka. Um they have a good match is more is more based on um Momo and, Ut- and Utami and um uh Momo's uh turning on Queen's Quest. Um but by the end um you end up having uh Ro- or Lady C and him getting beat. Uh, and they, and they're still hot at each other. Like, I think, I, I don't think officially it can be said yet because there's, uh, you know, cause there's other stuff in the line. Same thing with, uh, the Julia and, uh, Suzu stuff. But like, I feel like we're going to get a big Utami and Momo match on the second night of, of, uh, of the Suma Hall show. Same for Julia and, um, Suzu Suzuki slash DDM versus prominence. Uh, but you know, We'll get to in a second. Uh, so third match, Mayu and Tam versus Saki in in death. Um, I missed this. It, it was it was it was it was fun to see. Like they they, they took care of work. Um, 
there was one spot where there was a malfunction at Junction, but no one turned on each other. No one thought the other one was trying to betray the other one. Um, mm-hmm. They just went right back to work, and they quickly dispatched of of you know the of the Oedotai olds, and like it, it looked like they had never it looked like they had missed a year with each other. Um, Post match, um, backstage while being interviewed, Mayu said is like she wonders if. Um, let me let me backtrack. Tam comes out first, then Mayu comes out. Mayu comes to the ring, and then like she looks at Tam, and then Tam stares at her like one of them, like like you know, squaring up like we're we're really doing this, and they ain't a fist bump each other, and they wrestle the rest of the match. But after they win the match, they fast forward. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Saki and Mayu had some good exchanges. Mayu ends up beating her with a moonsault. Um. But they go to the back and they talk about it. It's like, you know, it's been a long time, but, you know, it's almost like riding a bike. And then Mayu starts wondering, starts asking, like, you know, I wonder if, like, you know, cross-faction-wise, we can be tag team champs or whatever else. And, God damn it, they've done it. Like, I have never talked to you about this, Rich, but I always thought, like, the, the, the Tam Mayu story had to be paid off by, after all these years of t- all Tam ever wanted to do was be tag champs with Mayu for them to be tag champs eventually after all this some point like that's the way you wrap this up in a nice bow of multiple years and now they're already teasing and like i, I can't wait i can't wait um so ain't nobody beat nobody yet we can get to that we can get to that too we can get to that too that could be a year down the line or whatever else there's time there's still time um there's only, there's, not, there's, only, there's only like a year and a half but there's still time um but uh but yeah like so uh and then, you know, Tam and Tam and Mayu are like in tweets about people saying they want to see them back as tag uh, tag teams on shit. And I'm like, look, I'm looking through, I'm looking through trying to translate that, read the translation in Japanese. And I'm like, this, see, this is toxic. I, I can't, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't care about this this much. This is fucking stupid. Anyway, um, yeah, next match. Trying, trying to, trying to cross gangs up and whatnot, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. Hey, you know? they've done, they, there's precedence. They did it with B and Jamie. Uh, between Oedotai and um, that's and, true. And, uh, but, but they're Spice. evil. But they're evil. So, uh, I mean, be turned evil. There's no denying that. Um, so after that, you end up getting. I, I just, I just want to see Mayu attend one of the dance practices. That's it. But <sighs> she do better than Waka. <laughs> Waka. So, um, next match after that, you get the uh. The Donald Del Mondo trios match. Um, it is Shiri's Donald Del Mondo versus uh, Julie's Donald Del Mondo. It is James. Shiri and Micah and Hameka versus Julia and Tekla and Marai. And this also is building as a outpost match for the first night of Sumo Hall because it's going to be Julia versus Shuri um, uh, for the Red Bull night one. Um, and I thought this match was great. Um, they, you know, they, they went down the closing stretch. It went to a draw, just like you guessed, Rich. Um, just like we all figured. But, like, I feel like, I figured, hey, Tekla's right there. You could be fucking Tekla. But they didn't. Uh, which is, like, when people complain, if people have any reason to say there was no reason to beat there, or they couldn't beat anybody in this match, they had Tekla right there to beat her. But anyway, closing stretch comes down to uh, to Julia and um, Shuri. And they were great together. Um, they started throwing each other, uh, German suplex on each other's necks and heads. It was awesome. Um, and they ended up closing out, like fighting to their fighting, um, on their knees, 
uh, as bell rings. So, um, so like, like they're going to kill it when they have their match. Like Stu guys, because you guessed it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, next match after that, you end up getting um, Kaguma and Hazuki versus Mina and Unagi. And this was a very good match. Uh, it was out of the last four matches, the weakest match, but like I still gave this three and a half. Um, a lot based on the stuff that Hazuki and Unagi have done since November when they had a, they, them, them themselves went to a, uh, a challengers, a red belt and white belt challengers match where they went to a 15 minute draw where they started pump kicking the shit out of each other. And they did that just here in this match too. Pump kicks, train pump kicks, train pump kicks, um, blowing each other's faces up. Um, and then by the end, you end up getting, I believe it was Mina ends up getting pinned by, uh, Kaguma. She ends up getting hit with a top row splash where like Mina was like two thirds of the way away from the corner. And like, I was like, I don't know if, I don't know if Kaguma was going to make this. Kaguma was like, please air bear (laughs) is getting splashing. It's win. um, yeah, so uh, then we get to uh, the real shit. Starlight Kid versus Zumi for the high speed title. Man, um, we've been watching Starlight since 2019, and this is the and they had the match that I thought they were going to start. They were going to be able to have each other, like in th- like three years from now. Right why would you th- why would you think it would take that long? Because I never thought they were going to get the positioning to be able to do it in the right. time. Like it wasn't they're, about ability. Like I was, look, I was going to say, like they're they've clearly been on this trajectory ability wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, you know how it is. Like they for years now. Hell, since okay, let's see. Ever since Azumi was sixteen, I thought like, damn, this is going to be this this could probably be the best women's wrestler in the world. By the time she's 24. and But the mm-hmm. reason why I said 24 is because, like, position, position to be to be able to be in the main event to have matches that go longer than 10, longer than 10 or 12 minutes to be able to rack up great matches, she's not going to be getting that until she's older because, it, and then the Starlight Kid, same thing, and then, like, once you keep adding in more and more women from outside places, it's going to be harder and harder for them to break through to get to the top to be able to do main event um, these shows. So it's like, they know yeah. what it is with, with this rivalry. Right. So, well, it's good to know now because like there's so many like there's so many people that are so talented on this roster that they get that people get left in the cracks so why people retire. Like you know, like Mumble's one of the best wrestlers in the world. She doesn't get that much shine anymore. Like this I mean, obviously this heel turn and what's gonna happen with Utami is great for her compared to last year when she was just like great matches, storyline wise, not much. But for me, it was just like, I don't know, like, with that gold, whole Golden Generation thing that Rossi is is prom- promoting with, like, with Kamatani and, to, yeah. and Micah and Himeka and Tommy is like, well, shit. When are they going to, when is Starlight Kid and, um, and Azumi going to be able to go out here and get 18 minutes on a, on a big show to go nuts? Mm-hmm. It just happened to happen here. It, it's a C-level pay-per-view, so, so, that's, so that's the only reason why it happened. Like, they won't be able to, like, you know, they could have done this at um, Sumo Hall for Wrestle Dream Queendom. They didn't. 
They end up throwing Kagumi in the match. And they put it way, or they put him like third or fourth on the card. But yeah, man, like this match is incredible. Um, this is like the match that like you thought they had in them. This is a match like if you saw their October third, two thousand twenty opener for the first pay per view um, that it, that Stardom had. Like this is just a better, longer version of this of that match. Um, basically, based around the same thing. Like Azumi. Azumi just is going to get a hold of Starlight Kid's arms at different points and keeps slapping on like crazier, more severe looking submissions until eventually Starlight Kid breaks and she has no f- choice but to tap out after being just like ravaged with her arms. Um, and this match is spectacular. Like, kind of a shock title change. I and, you know, I don't think people were anticipating. So, yeah. Um, I'm very happy to see Azumi get the, get the belt here. Um, because it feels like Starlight Kid is like due for like an elevation in mm-hmm. the wake of this, and uh, I love the match as well. Uh, RLPW for sure, like minus the the flying part, but um, it was it was so it was very fast, and um, it, you know I I don't like the dives in Stardom anymore. Like I'm just over them. Um, Diving on a hundred people just takes them out of it for me. I was like, "Yo, learn to catch." But aside from that, no, no complaints about this match at all. It was, it was full of energy, full of like, you know, we we we're watching like I don't know me at least. I'm watching the like the story of Starlight Kid and Izumi, and this is just the next natural level of it, and. Uh-huh. One day they're gonna be fighting for the red belt and it's gonna be great. So yeah, we're here. Yeah, I was uh, I was over the moon for this match. I I, I you know um, they were doing the the you know the voting for the ta- which title match was gonna go last. Like I didn't vote, but if I could have, I would have voted for this. Um, I ended up seeing the voting end up being like forty three percent for the white belt and forty four percent or sorry forty four percent for the white belt and. 34% for the high speed belt and then everything else got destroyed. But, um, I, uh, I was so happy to watch this match. I was like in a weird way. I, I have rarely ever had his emotion while watching a wrestling match, but like, I felt proud. <laughs> I, I swear to God, I felt proud. I was like, I can't believe they were able to do this. I can't believe anybody got a shot to do this. And they fucking knocked out the park. Uh, and like, they had that kind of match where it's like, this is one of the greatest matches in stardom history. And like, they're going to have to start making decisions with this shit. Like, you know, like we talked about the golden generation thing that, that Rossi's pushing. And it's like, after, after watching this match and then watching that main event is like, all right, you want to push a mecha? You want to push a mecha in Micah? In, in, in Micah? That's fine. They're, they're, I'm having a problem with that. How long you gonna hold off? Uh, how long you gonna hold off? Nasapoi, Starlight Kid, Momo Watanabe, and Azumi to do it. Like, if, if you want to talk about that Golden Generation shit, then like, like, pil- like, hey. if those are the pillars, then like, we gotta talk about these these, these killers slash the Platinum Club or whatever else we want to fucking call them because but, those four are fucking awesome, and you're and they're younger than that whole generation. And then you gotta start factoring their grand plan, like it's already underway. Like Kyrie's back, and you know they want EO back, so yep. it's like you gotta factor them in too. Like I don't know if it's up to me. Like you know, Starlight Kid and Azumi is gonna be taking Kyrie down. You know, uh, like I don't feel like Kyrie's just coming and just run people over. But you know, I um, 
I agree. I think that um, given the way that the year is laid out, like, you know, I thought before going, I thought like at the end of last year, it was like, it's almost a no-brainer that Starlight Kid's going to win the Cinderella Tournament. Um, nothing has dissuaded me from thinking that now. Um, Freed but, up. But, yeah. Um, so, I don't know if, I mean, given how good Kamatani's doing, I don't know if I'd take the belt off her immediately, but like, I feel like Starlight Kid should be the person to take, or should be the person to take the belt off of Kamatani eventually, before the that, end of the year. That's my, that's, that's what yeah. I think is going to happen. Yeah, like, um, so yeah, like for me... Look, and then she reaches down, pulls Azumi up with her, like, right. eventually. So, so that's, that's, and, and that's kind of the thing with the timing, right? It's like, all right, well, like, if Starlight Kid is moving up <laughs> to the, being in the white belt, or being a white belt champion or white belt serious challenger for it, then, like, what are we going to do with this high-speed belt? All right, well, yeah. we'll put it on Azumi. We'll have Azumi be the champion for, like, six months, whatever else, and then, like, we'll push a button on her, like, once we, you know, get the, get the shit to Starlight Kid. So, right. like, it's happening, it, you know, it's happening, it's just, you know, um, it, when you think of it, I, well, I think we'll have a clear picture once, like, once whatever happens, like, once, like, they wind down Tam and Mayu, because they're going to be, they're going to cycle out, like, in the next 18 months or so, like, once, we'll get a clear picture of all of that, of the grand scheme, once that happens, if that happens, because, you know, people talk about retiring, but they're wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. Um... Besides that, we had the main event, right? Yep, yep, <clears throat> yep. Uh, Kamatani versus Saya for the white belt. Um, man, this match is great. And like, I, I almost sent some inflammatory out on the timeline, but I just didn't want. She's better than, than Sasha Banks. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, Saya Kamatani is better than any woman in the United States. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I had to rewatch the match. Uh, I thought the match was great. I ended up only giving it uh, four and a quarter. I was the same on that. Okay. I went four like, and a half on Starlight Kid and I saw, uh, Azumi. Yeah, I went four and three quarters on that one. Um, I thought when... I just I was just really impressed with the, like, they, they, what they had to follow. They did not do a bad job trying to follow it. Bro, it was like... I, w- I was watching the, the beginning of the match and, you know... Naspo is the, the high speed fairy and then mm-hmm. you know uh Saikamsani's sticking right with her and it's like yo she's like she's just a tall high speed wrestler so it's like she was like right there like and it was like oh she's just tall um, but then she was doing I like she was just doing like good tall person stuff like when she came off the top rope with the drop kick I was like bro this is like what Booker T used to do like <laughs> The, 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 the missile drop kick for the top rope send send a person back flipping essentially. Mm. Mm. I have to I have to think about it. a lot of people do that in stardom. Um, I have to I have to think about it. like the thing that got me was like you know she's a huge Abushi mark. Oh yeah, so they did that. They did the Abushi Osprey shit where it's like flip the ju- ju- or I'm going to Jeremy you off the middle rope or off the top rope. Uh, she flips off to her feet. Uh, they didn't do the camera angle where like it catches like Natspoy like right in her face being shook from behind, looking at the corner of her eye, seeing her up. But like she gets up, uh, there's an evasive maneuver, and then like she goes for like, and then Natspoy goes for like some type of like leg sweeper or basement drop kick, and uh, Kamatani like just you know basically double foot stops or does a jumping double foot stop. And I was like, yeah, you, you watch too, you watch too many Ibushi matches. You got you got to stop this. Uh, but yeah, like match is awesome. Like there was um. You know, obviously, in a lot of these Kamatani matches, they they, they hold on to a, you know for that Hurricane Rana uh, 
um, that Hurricane Rana pin, or in this case, like they were waiting for that. I was waiting for that Nasapoy fairy blink deal where you know she does a step up thing and the spin and the half spin, yeah, spin off uh, pin that she does. And like they saved it and they 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 marked it out or they uh they saved it and they uh placed it well in the match or like the way they sequenced it. And it was awesome. And then they finished they finished uh NASA play off and then ended up hitting their um uh ends up hitting winning with or commentators up beating NASA play with the um Phoenix Splash and another great match. Um one of the best matches of Comptain's career. Like might be second, might be third. Like I really liked um I really loved her match with Shuri in the second night of the Grand or first night of the Grand Prix. Um, but yeah, like she's just, she's on fire. She's on fire. They gave, they gave her, um, you know, from the Grand Prix or basically from when she won the Cinderella tournament to when they put her in there with Tam the first time with Tam, when she had those bad ribs and still had managed to have a great match and then put in the Grand Prix and she was having bangers in the first night one and night two. Um, had that you know had a better match with Tam uh, once she healed up some and um on one of those like road two level uh, Grand Prix matches, um you know had a match with Takumi that was great. You put her in a ring with someone that's good and a match is important. She, like she's going to have a great match. Period. Like regardless of um and I think she's even better on. I think she's getting more consistent on house shows too. Like she's starting to become like just fully instead of just like she's great but inconsistent. Like nah, she's just great now. She's just great. Welcome to the Kamatani Club. Yeah. Well, she's gotten uh, better. I'm not, I'm not about to give it to somebody if they don't get better. Like you know who else is getting better? Unagi. Oh, oh, also, you know, you know, got the vision. You she's know, not, you she's know. not no damn Kamatani. No, I'm not going to go there. But like, as far as like her, um, her instincts have picked up. She moves around the ring a lot better. Like she's doing a lot less of the uh, stutter step stuff. I mean, she's always been. I mean, by now she's been um, more than reliable in tags or whatever else. Um, but like, she has stepped up now that she is not like being asked to be the third person in the group now. Now that she's in there, like mostly when she's with Tam and she's like number two, and that she's in there where she now she's in there with Walk all the time instead of it being Mina. Like she stepped up her game. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, man. like the roster keeps getting better. We every single month, there's a new person comes say, up and they show what so they got to do. And Nats so you know what Nats boy reminded me of? She reminded me of like a middle school kid that has a lot of skills that plays high school basketball, and it's like. Oh, they're really fucking good, but like they're just smaller than everyone. So it's like, okay, all right, if you come out here lacking, she'll catch you. Or whatever, but chances are you're gonna be like ahead of her or whatever, just because of like you know you guys are high schoolers and this is a middle schooler. But uh, she'll hang in there with you and be competitive. That's what it felt like when I was watching it. Look, um, this is what I'll say. They're they're going to have to come up with a really good reason for why Nasapoy is it will not be a white belt champion. What? Like when we talk about the the criteria thing, the whole like um, Isaiah Thomas, I met the criteria, but I was not, but I was not called. Like I was not selected. She remember when we were doing the you know the Sasha Banks or the Stardom roster thing, and you were like, I don't know, I don't know about her. And for her, I was like, the skill she cannot like Sasha cannot work her, but she just hasn't been given the matches to be able to do it. But like she, when she's ever given an opportunity, she absolutely is better than Sasha Banks. This is more proof. 
She's fucking awesome. Like, she's super charismatic. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what would have to. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what. Besides grow three inches, what did she? What was this woman have to do to be a top, uh, be a top champion and, and, and stardom like over the next three that, years? Yeah. She's fucking awesome. She's fucking awesome. She's uh, like she's awesome in like that undeniable way where it's like, are we just gonna ignore this? Are we gonna pretend we're not seeing what we see every single week? Like she comes out here and she kill, she busts her ass and is awesome and as consistent as anybody on the on the roster. Like the level of Tam or Shuri or Shuri too. She's fucking awesome. She's an import. Unfortunately, so so was Tam. She gonna have to wait, you know. And it fine. It needs to happen. But you talking about this import also, thing? You talking about this import also, thing? Also, she's like she's like what number five in her unit. She's 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 five, but it's like, was the last time Hameka had a title shot? Um, wasn't it like? I'm thinking of Micah. Never mind. Ameka has had a title shot since like the two. Uh, let's see. She never had a red belt title shot. Her last title shot was like 2020 against Julian. Like, uh, was it? Uh, I feel like they do October? different things. I feel like they do different things. Oh, they do. They absolutely do. But my point is like, Donald Mondo has been presented as number one faction. They're eight deep now. They're due to split any time. Like Naspo is going to be a number two and be a number two in a faction, in a vacuum. Like there aren't there right, aren't right. like there are not seven or eight wrestlers better than her in stardom. Fuck no, right. she's awesome. So like she, they, I feel like for her to like get some type of look, like they would have to reshuffle that shit. Break it up! I don't give a fuck. Like Break look, it up. look, DDM's OP. Uh, start or um, Cosmic Angels look, is they is they they, they, they so like a drum right now. Sorry. Is, is Oedo Tai still malnourished? They're, they are the land of they are the land of like undesirable toys. They are, um, but like I mean, they still got my own kid, right? Yeah. But like, if we were going to do this, if we were going to try to like, we're going to make these factions evil so we, people can win and lose. We got pennies. James, that's what we that need stuff. to do. We need to do our own stardom draft. You want? What do you want to do it? Uh, we'll we'll set up one, one of these weeks. Yeah, we'll, right, for we'll the starter we'll segment, we, like we, we will like rotate the the units for picks, and then like we'll figure out where everyone should be. Okay, but like, I'm sorry, man. Like, we, I, I, I'm just, I'm just not gonna get off this part where it's like, I, I first saw her in Tug Joshi Pro, and she was a mid Carter. Getting her asked me by Saray before Saray left to, or sorry, Saray left to be Saray in, in WWE. And I was just like, she's one of the best wrestlers on that roster. Why can't this woman get a push? And then she left for stardom. And now I'm like, fuck, fuck. She was uh, one of the best wrestlers on the Tilly Judge Pro wrestler. She was the best fucking wrestler. They didn't push her. Where did, what company does this woman have to go to to be a top, to be a top champion? Fuck. She's awesome. <laughs> But that's all I got on Stardom. Uh, it, for a C pay per view, they gave you two killer matches. Um, in like that is what NASA Poise twenty six or twenty six turns twenty seven this year. Kamatani uh, turned twenty five in like October. Um, 
Azumi turn in October 19. Kid turns 21 uh, this month, or no, just turned 21. You are looking for rising stars that are young. Like, look no further. Kamatani, like, third year anniversary, third year anniversary, you're working in this business until April or August. I think August 10th is their third anniversary. Yep. Damn near four, four and a half star match. Meltzer gave four and a half. Yeah, what, man. Hey, hey, hey. What's uh, what's Lacey Evans and Raquel Gonzalez doing? Turning thirty ish. What's Liv Morgan doing? Um, trying to drum up Stan fans fan outrage. Okay, there you go. All right. All right. Like these are these are the people y'all y'all need to you know take interest in it. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have anything else for the show. Yeah. Uh, so apparently, uh, AJ Styles and Edge has become final. That's going to happen at WrestleMania. Edge was the person that answered um, Edge's challenge. So okay. combined, ninety-one years old between them. Um, yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. AJ's what forty? What mid forties, right? 44. And Edge is like 47 or some shit, right? Yeah, but Edge okay. feels like he's like, he feels like he's even, he's older. Like, bro, bro I, I saw him first wrestling like 96, Rich. Bro, I saw a picture <laughs> of Edge on Raw, bro. He looks like he's like, he looks like he should be hanging out with Willie Nelson, bro. So my like, question he's is old this. As fuck. He my question old is as this, fuck. right? So, like, apparently they told, or they, they suggested to Champa to dye his beard to make it to get rid of the gray. How come they yeah, didn't make that same suggestion to Edge? Look, you would think they they should since they're paying. I make three million. million I make three million dollars a year. You can kiss my ass. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what he said. But uh, or he's or I don't know. He need to cut that. No, he can't cut that shit because no, I remember he looked. Look he looked he look, he look crazy without the beard. Yeah, he would look worse because his face would look more sunk. You would see more how you would be able to see how more sunken in his face is than, that, than what the beard is hiding. Yeah, like that's like that's a thing. Like when you get older, like to keep to be ripped or or whatever else, like you're like you just lose bulk or whatever else, and it, it even happens to your face. It's weird. Yeah, man. But um, yeah, make sure you guys check out the AW Who We Are album. It is out. Um, I played it on in a Twitch Spaces uh, the other night, and most of it's like surprised me. Really, I was like, man, people really brought their A games. Um, so I know it's going to be on streaming in April. Uh, the business aspect of it has been taken care of, uh, so I'm very happy about that. Um, so I look forward to. Um, seeing what comes in the mail. But um yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's all I got. Okay. Uh thanks for listening, y'all. Um be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this with. Um if you're on the stream, uh what is it? Hit hit us up with the bits. Yeah, do the bits. <laughs> the bits. Um and go to Red Circle and drop us off with a donation. Um, be sure to listen to the other shows on Network Besides Mention Radio. You have Keep It a Strong Style, you have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling podcast you have Groman Washes shit you have the Grave Consequences podcast you have all things elite you have 8-bit suplex you have great match generator and you have AW match guide thanks for listening y'all later peace